Welcome back to another episode of The Stupidest Podcast with your hosts, Justin Rademacher and the newly bearded, beautiful, always beautiful. And uh, I mean, he's, he's just got something about his eyes, you know, there's something about his eyes that are just beautiful. His teeth, he's got good looking teeth and his, his, his nose hairs. Oh man, don't get me started about his nose hairs. Like you're sucking up from last episode. <laughs> hey guys, it's your, it's the other host, Justin Vandeventer. What's going on, guys? Missed you. Missed you too, man. I think I think uh, they they missed us. We missed them. I missed you. You missed me, and we both miss Joe. We got a special guest on the this episode. Special. Yeah. More ways than one. <laughs> We got Joe on the episode. This is actually our second time recording with Joe. So we've already had a a discussion with him before, but unfortunately the audio wasn't uh, great. So we're actually recording for a second time, but you guys are only able to hear this for the first time. So, but I think it's going to be fun. It's going to be fun getting to to relearn some of this stuff. And then I want to kind of dive a little deeper. So we get a little, get a chance to get as deep as possible with this one, I feel. Sweet Good to me. But before we get into it, though, how, how have you been, man? Vandy? Good, man. Been working a shit ton. Yeah. You've always been working a shit ton, though. Doesn't doesn't ever quit, man. Yeah. Go, 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 go. Well. Gracie starts school next week. That's good. How's First she feeling? First grade. Let's go. How's she feeling about that? She's excited. Yeah. My youngest starts preschool tomorrow. Oh, nice! You guys got girls, uh, girl, right? Yeah, yeah, that's what I two. thought. Two girls, yep. Uh, they uh, around the same age. That's kind of cool. Three and nine. Yeah, the nine-year-old's gonna be in fourth grade. Yeah. Dang, that's cool. Mine's, mine's seven. So. Nice. I got, I got one. No, I don't have any. I, I have zero. <laughs> so where do you hide it? <laughs> so that back room with the padlock on it was far. Oh yeah, I I don't like to talk about my my child. Oh, just kidding. That would be horrible. Playoffs. I got gold playoffs tomorrow. Oh, that's nice. Won the first round. Let's go for the second round. Let's go. There you go. Keep that going. I'll probably work for ten hours and drink unnecessary amounts of whiskey. <laughs> Tell some jokes. Yeah, we gotta tell jokes tomorrow. Do you tell jokes do you tell jokes on the while you're golfing? Actually I do. Like, a bit. Like do you do your bits and stuff or do you like just obviously I do a couple of them. Okay. I, I, I do have a couple that I do during golf. Yeah. That's cool. Who's on your team again? I don't remember who's on your team. Parnell. Oh nice, okay. Sweet. We've been partners for 12 years now. Is it just you two? Okay, I guess I didn't know that. I thought it was kind of like bowling where like you had like bigger teams. It's just us two and then Dad and, Dad and Peter on a team and then all the boys are out there too. Okay. This is with Jonesy. Ryan is with Brandon Craft. Nice. Travs with Myron. There's a whole bunch of guys out there. Yeah. That, you know. Sweet. What's new with you? 
Uh, not a whole lot new. I mean, kind of the same old, same old. I've been working at the casino, playing disc golf, um, doing jokes every Thursday. Every now and then I get to do some other opportunities. Like we got a new one on Sunday nights at, at T-Bones. We, I've, been, I've been trying to go there. I've only been there once, but that was fun. Um, trying to get to Tuesday nights, but I have disc golf league that night, so it's tough. Unless it's bad weather, then I'll go there. But yeah, you missed an absolute nightmare show yesterday. It was bombed for like an hour and a half. It was great. Oh man. <laughs> yeah, I, I remember right, reading a little bit about that, and Patrick even sent a, a picture of of what had happened, but it was just gravestones. <laughs> <laughs> Almost got stabbed by a mentally unstable person. That was oh, fun. That's not great. <laughs> but that happens in comedy, I would imagine. All kinds of characters. Nah, I've, I haven't had an experience like that yet. But I feel like it's just bound to happen if you're in comedy. Or, yeah, West Duluth. <laughs> or just, yeah, or just West Duluth. Or the cities or eh, lots of places that could potentially happen. But yeah, otherwise just kind of doing that stuff. Um, just got done playing around to disc golf at the house, which was kind of fun. I literally was on hole 18 while, while Joe came in. So it was kind of neat, but I did, uh, I got my ankle, so I'm hurting there for a little bit, but can't complain too much. But yeah, otherwise, uh, same old, same old. How about you, Joe? Anything besides Tuesday? Yeah, same old shit. Working four days a week. Got my kids every weekend. Yeah. Coming up on birthdays and school starting and fall's always interesting. Nah, starting to get busy. Yeah. Yep. I don't know. I think I've been. I don't think I've been home till eleven o'clock at all this week. Oh wow. <laughs> or later. Yeah. Yeah, I got another one tonight with the podcast. It's gonna. We don't know exactly how long it goes, so it's that's yeah. the tough part. <laughs> yeah, especially with guests, it's been varying. <laughs> yeah, I know. Like, I don't even know which whose was longer. I think Sydney's was longer, wasn't it? Or was Sydney's was longer? That was okay. like four hours. Yeah. yeah, it was pretty close. I haven't really listened to all the Frankie one yet. Yeah, I just started your newest one. I think I'm actually all caught up on my podcast. I'm out now. Oh no, it's a, it's a great feeling, but it also at the same time you're just like, oh well, now if I get a chance to listen to anything, what am I going to listen to? You know? Yeah. I, I, skanks on Friday. Yeah, I'll sometimes go back and re-listen to some podcasts too. I like doing that every now and then. I don't know. I've never been able to do that. Movies or anything like I hate like rewatching them. Sitcoms like I watched uh, Home Improvement with my daughter like a year ago. I'm never watching it again. I watched <laughs> the whole thing from beginning to end. It was great, but I'm never watching it again. Yeah. Yeah, I, I like doing that too sometimes. There's certain TV series where I'll watch like the whole thing and I'm like, oh, that was so fun. But yeah, I don't need to see any anything of that again. But then there's other ones like The Office where I'll just continuously watch it and be entertained. I just started The Shield. I know I'm like two decades late, but it's pretty great. <laughs> I haven't, I haven't seen that one. Yeah. It's like a dirty cop. Kind of. Huh. I don't know. Interesting. It's crazy. It was like a huge thing on FX back in like 2005, I think. I don't remember. Yeah. Long time ago. Well, I know I've heard about it. I've just never actually seen it. But. Well, sweet. Do you guys want to get into it? Sure. Sweet. Let's get into it. Um, 
So I guess uh, we're just going to do uh, a few questions with you, Joe. We're going to tell you 10 questions. Then if you have any questions for us, we'll go over that. And then uh, we'll have 10 more questions for you after after that. So we, we'll have quite the podcast. We're going to have lots of questions for you. So, um, and we'll, we'll answer some of them too, if we feel like we need to, but otherwise we're also going to deviate from these and ask you some other questions and such. All right. So well, sweet. Well, my first question for you is what inspired you to get into stand up comedy? I mean, I guess I was always a class clown. I've always liked making people laugh. Like I remember just like being a dick and just screaming and making everyone, all the kids laugh. I'll never forget the feeling it gave me, but I never really connected it to being able to do this but when i saw robin williams do stand-up live it was uh live at the met was his special and it's uh i mean i probably shouldn't have seen it at 12 he talks about like jesus and bloody crosses and like <laughs> uh, old man piss but it's pretty good and, uh, yeah it's, and ever since then i thought i thought about it thought how awesome it would be to do it and i didn't really even know there was an option until i was like 27 i found out about dublin's yeah and then i started there and that was well, five years now, five and a half. So once you found it, you just like just kept doing it. Yeah, except yeah. for the pandemic, I. Yeah, my ex wasn't a huge fan of it, but. Yeah, I I had that too. Like my ex, like just wasn't into it for some reason. I don't know why. You like I don't know. Mine wasn't into being faithful either. Yeah, that's... we need a drum set, but I'm. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Yeah. I... It's tough, like, if you are with somebody that's not, like, it doesn't matter what your passion is, but if they're not, like, f- like supportive of your passion, that's tough. Like, why are you going on doing it for free? Because that's how it works, all right? Yeah. It, yep. Entertainment's a terrible career choice. Yeah. My my ex told me, she's like, why do you want to get into stand-up? Like, she's like, do you, do you see yourself being a professional? I'm like, maybe, depending on if I'm good enough, but, like, I just do it because I enjoy it. And she's like, well, if you're not going to do it to be a professional, then why even do it? I'm like, why do you play Candy Crush all the time if you're not going to be a professional Candy Crush player? Like, I don't know. I mean, that was, it, it, she didn't support She didn't support you in a lot of things, though. Yeah. Yeah, it was not not a great fit. But no, so I, I'm just saying I understand where you're, where you're coming from on that, yeah. that aspect, at least. Yeah, it was uh, stuff. Yeah. But is there anything else that like inspired you to like continue doing it? Well, I mean, I remember it's kind of a shitty thing to say, but I know a lot of comics have this reaction. Um, I went to the open mic and I saw a couple of people that were just fucking God awful. Mm. Like I know I'm funnier than them, but I didn't really think my jokes were great. And I didn't know, I didn't know if they're going to work. And I, I was freaking out when I first time on stage, I almost blacked out and was so, I was almost passed out, but oh. Joe, Joe, Roddy is sitting right there. You don't need to talk. About <laughs> but I remember getting up there and I did my jokes, and I remember the feeling of, of just everyone in the room laughing and being just in disbelief that people laughed at the words in my mouth. And I remember going home to my old house where I live with my ex, and it's like standing outside looking at the sky, like, why didn't I find this before? Like, this is this feels like what I'm supposed to do, whether it's professional or not. It just feels like. I don't know. It's helped me get a lot of stuff out. So, well, yeah, and you like it's something that you connect with, like on a personal level, because of your material. Like you, you use material that's personal and close to you, yeah. and so like that is very helpful and like it's therapeutic, like in that aspect. Because I don't know, I I don't have that necessarily with my material because I'm like a one liner, and yeah. a lot of my stuff isn't actually 
Real. Well, I mean, I have the joke about how both my ex and I got fucked in the divorce. Like, for me, it was financially. For her, it was 11 other dudes in my bed. <laughs> like, that stems from, like, finding all that stuff out was literally the worst moment of my life, and it was the easiest joke I've ever written. Yeah. Like, I've I've been telling it for two years now, and I've barely changed a word in it. Well, I mean, you don't have to because <laughs> no, it, it just it came out exactly the yeah. way it needed to come out. Yeah. I love that joke. It's because it, it is like you said, it's very personable and like, but people can also connect with that. Like, yeah. Or like I was in an open marriage, but Max forgot to tell me. <laughs> uh. That's another, I like that one too. <laughs> it sucks that like you had to go through that in order to get that joke, but like at least you're able to find the humor in it, you know? Yeah. It took a long time. Everybody's yeah. journey is different though. We all got our shit. Yeah. Yeah, some people have other stuff that they they go through, but then they use that in their material, and so like, yeah, like sometimes it's relationships, sometimes it's work, sometimes it's family members, sometimes it's friends, and yeah, people just... getting fucked over all sorts of ways. Well, I me, mean, I don't know if I'm an observational comic because that seems like I don't know, maybe a situational. I don't know, but really, almost everything I write is from something I see somebody else do mm. or something I went through. I mean, I dramatize it obviously, and play it up but well i mean yeah that's that's part of it because yeah. i mean you got to be able to make it into the joke like you can't just like if you tell the, the everything that was exactly true then it's not going to be a joke it's going to be a story and which well that's what pisses me off about comedians getting in trouble for saying things like it's quoted out of context and yes. comedy out of context makes you look like a psychopath yeah <laughs> yeah but they weren't there in the moment and the way it was and the, the energy and yeah it all plays into it mm-hmm yeah, no, that's – I don't understand why people decide to, like, just take things out of context like that. That makes zero sense. Like, you could take anything out of context and make anybody look like an asshole. Yeah. Like, that's, like, one thing that kind of scares me with the podcast is because I've said a lot of things <laughs> about my life or people around me and stuff like that. But, like, if it was taken out of context, I could look like an asshole. Or sometimes even if it's in context, I'll look like an asshole. <laughs> yeah. I feel like it got so ridiculous. It's kind of going the other way now. People are kind of like, yeah, I don't know. It seems a whole canceling yeah, I think, thing. I think, I think people are starting to not even care. Yeah. Especially in comedy. I mean, this com- we're supposed to push the boundaries. We're supposed to say things that you're not supposed to say. Like, that's what comedy is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're supposed to be able to, to push it to the line. Obviously, you don't want to necessarily go over the line. Some Sometimes you do step over it, but... I mean, yeah, it depends on what I mean, but stepping over the line by is inappropriate or it depends because I mean, if you step over the line and the audience doesn't like it, then I mean, the audience kind of dictates yeah. how your show goes. So yeah. And the line can be in different places for different audiences yeah, or audience yeah. members sometimes like, cause there's some people where like, if you have a good set, they still might not like it because you crossed their line. That's what Johnny Cash's song walk line is about was about like talking about dead babies and talk he, he he likes to talk about dead babies <laughs> <laughs> all right that didn't work like i thought i was going to no i i liked it i know what you're talking about walk walk he likes to he likes to walk tight ropes holding dead babies is that yeah. what you were getting at something like that <laughs> johnny cash plus dead babies there we go see people taking this out of context <laughs> that that probably wouldn't look good for us but since it's in context i think it i think we look like angels yeah that, that's okay. Hey, <laughs> <laughs> right, Joe. Um, what style of comedy do you perform on stage? 
do you like the style you have? And if not, what style would you want to do? Well, like I kind of mentioned, it's, I guess I call it observational comedy. It's just about things I see in my life and personal things and things I feel. And I don't know. I don't do polit- I don't do politics. I don't really do one-liners. Which, I mean, in one way is good, too. And th- but that's one reason I like it is because you can't steal my material. Mm-hmm. Somebody comes up on stage like, hey, everybody, my name is Joe Mosher. Like, N- no, it's not. What the fuck? <laughs> what the fuck? Get out of here. <laughs> my my material is not really easy to steal because, I mean, and also a lot of it comes from the way I feel about it and the way I process things is different than the way somebody so else might. Yeah. really personal? Yeah, definitely. And I do like it. It's very cathartic, too. I think that's the right word. But... Just gets a lot of, just gets shit out, and I don't know. I really get lost in front of the mic, but, mm-hmm. um, and I don't necessarily not like my style, but I wouldn't mind getting better at crowd work, one-liners, things to like grab attention real quick because sometimes you lose the crowd, and a three-minute bits is gonna make them mad. Like, sometimes need something quick to get them back or quick to get their attention. Or yeah, and I I like the fact that like we've done shows like that in the past where you get a chance to do that kind of stuff. Like, obviously I'm a one-liner. So like when we had that one-liner contest, yeah, obviously that one was built towards like my style. Um, even though I didn't win, I couldn't but believe I made I top five. I, that was nuts, yeah, but I didn't good. even do one-liners. I cheated and just used all my punchlines. <laughs> they still work. But, yeah, it still works. <laughs> But, uh, no, I like the fact that we do, like, all these different shows so that way you can do that. Like, we had the, the one-liner. We had the, the one. I didn't do the one with the um, crowd work and stuff like that. But, yeah. like, at, at least we're, like, trying to test each other out and, like, help each other, like, get those new. I'm excited for the roast battle at the end of the month. That should be yeah. fun to watch. I'm going to judge, so. Oh, nice. I'm I'm going to be in it. I'm, I'm excited to roast Frankie. She's my first one, so. <laughs> Uh, yeah, it's gonna be crazy. See what Brandon comes you up with. You get a roast Frankie. Yep, I get a roast Frankie. It's gonna be awesome. I already got nice. my. I already got my jokes down for her. I I really wanna. Yeah, I gotta it. say that, but I have to say that Frankie uh, saved my life last night. I uh, kind of yelled in a mentally unstable person's face and made him get off stage because he stole the mic, just ripped the mic out of one of the comics' hands, and he followed me outside. And Frankie came after him like I thought he was gonna stab you. Like, well, thanks. <laughs> I, I didn't get stabbed. So that was cool. Yeah. <laughs> he's pretty upset though he came up he's like why'd you tell me to get off the stage I'm like cause you don't walk up on stage and grab the mic out of a comic's hand what is wrong with you yeah <laughs> yeah that's insane and I don't let me say mentally unstable cause I don't I don't know he yeah, just he, wasn't uh, he was, wasn't was acting like I guess normal like, yeah, I don't know well especially like, if, if you don't know the situation it's tough to, to judge but then you also don't want to like have that be the case and then have something actually happen and then you're just yeah, it's my open mic. I don't want people to think I'm just going to let people take the mic yeah. from them. Like, yeah. that's not cool. Yeah, you want the comics to feel safe about not only their material, but they want to physically feel safe on stage. Yeah. Yeah. Yep, it was interesting. Yeah, that's that's nuts. Well, it's cool that Frankie was there to, to help you out, <laughs> yeah. though, because that's... Yeah. No, it, it's going to be fun, though, doing that that roast battle. It, it, it's just going to be cool, because like, I'm not that type of comedian to do that yeah but like i have gotten out of my comfort zone to write jokes about that and it's it's just it's been really fun and like it's just exciting to see if it's gonna work or not like yeah i I hope i advance to the next round but if i don't like it's still gonna be it was still a fun experience leading up to it so is it all gonna be in one night 
I think so, yeah. Okay. Yep, I think it's all one night, and we're going to do, like, um, each round, you go against one other comedian. Okay. And then if you advance, because I think there's, like, eight of us, so there's going to be um, four of us on one side, four of us on the other side of a bracket, and then yeah. kind of leading to the, the winner. And then the winner, I think, gets some prize money in 15 minutes. Yeah, I wouldn't mind doing something like that, but I've done two 15-minute sets now at Caddyshack, paid in front of a paid crowd, like... Now I'm kind of in like a development period. I got to get more material because I don't want to be doing the same thing. I don't know if we're getting return people, but I don't know. I might produce another one, get other comics on it, but I'm not ready for another one for a while. I want to get some more stuff built up. How'd your last show go, Joe? Uh, It was all right. I walked away with like, I paid out like 150. I walked away with like 250. So it wasn't bad. Could have been better, but. That's pretty good though. (laughs) Yeah. It was a free night of drinking, a couple extra bucks. There you go. That's a pretty sweet deal we get there, man. I don't know. I don't know where else you're gonna get a hundred percent door. Yeah, yeah, that's <laughs> that's pretty nice. All right. So, who are some of your biggest influences in comedy, and who is your favorite comedian right now? I think the biggest influences are people like. Uh, you're probably not supposed to say this, but Louis C.K. is a big influence of mine. Like just the way he. He's he's on a comeback. Yeah, definitely for sure. He he's already put out two more specials. His last one, sorry, was amazing. Like I paid, I've paid for both of them. Like they're they're very good. But Dude's just the, the outrageousness. Freaking... I like Gilbert Godfrey too because, well, maybe not some. I like unnecessary anger. So um, I like to think of who's the really angry comic. That's like his whole thing. Oh uh, um, wow, I lost his name now. Yeah. I had it and lost it. Um. Black. Um, Louis Black. Louis Black. Yeah, Louis Black is another one I've always wanted to, because I have a lot of anger, and that comes out on stage sometimes in not such a good way. I've always wanted to be able to channel it like him, because he always makes it so great. Um, And, I mean, I listen to constantly, I listen to Joe Rogan, Tom Segura, Burt Kreischer, Dan Cummins. A, a lot of these comments, I'm sure they all influence me somehow. David Tell is another one. Um, But I think my favorite comic right now Based on his last special is probably Bill Burr. Okay. But before that, I mean, Bill Burr and Chappelle are right up there on the top. It's really hard to pick one. Yeah. But, yeah. I mean, but who doesn't like Bill Burr and Chappelle? Dan Cummins lives up by you guys, doesn't he? Yeah, he lives in Coeur d'Alene, Idaho. So it's like eight hours away. Mm. Yeah, something like that. Twelve hours away. I don't know. Um, But I'd say, uh, no, I guess everyone, like, but it's like everyone likes Bill Burr and Dave Chappelle. Like, what comic doesn't unless they're insane yeah. but <laughs> uh i like legion of skanks a lot big jay okerson uh dave smith and Louis j gomez i'd say jay okerson's my favorite crowd work comic ever he's he's just my favorite off the cuff comic ever he's hilarious like oh yeah just listen to him talking on his uh, he, he bonfire bigger show than what he is yeah yeah and that bonfire show just listen to do all the voices and different he's great he, he makes everything he, he's he's like the dude in your friend group that makes everything fun <laughs> like like, this is boring, and he's out taking his shirt off and, I don't know, doing crazy shit. Like, yeah, he's great. Dan Soder's awesome. Mm, yep, another guy. There's a lot of New York on Mark Norman, too. I can't leave him out. He's top of the top right now, too. Oh, like, yeah. Man, his one-liners are just great. I really like Brody Stevens before he died. Well, he had one of my favorite jokes was, I never heard my parents having sex. I just smelt it. <laughs> it was pretty great. I don't think I've heard that one. That's pretty good. 
he's a really obscure comic, like comedy store comic. And I only really knew about him because of all the comics I listened to, all the podcasts. And he was like this, I don't know. He's Brody Stevens. You got to look it up. It's, yeah. it's hard to explain. Is this? Brody Stevens. Yeah. Brody was awesome. Yeah, he has a special where one uh, in the middle of the show somebody leaves and he just stops like, "How dare you!" Like just yelling at him <laughs> in the middle of his special, like this is my special taping. <laughs> I've lived in LA my entire life. He, he was just, he was just <laughs> about to blow up before. Uh, yeah, everyone think well he, before he committed suicide. Yeah, yeah, he's a troubled guy like a lot he's of in us. In the are. hangover. Yeah, that's <laughs> one of his, he's always, that was another thing, he said, like, how dare you, I was in the hangover, this is my comedy special, <laughs> just yelling at people, is great. <laughs> that's awesome. He's in a due date, too. Really? Oh, nice. Yeah, yeah he drove uh, Zach Galifianakis to the airport. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Ugh. I think that's. I mean, the more the more I have the bird, the more I have a chance to talk. I'm just going to keep adding more because there's Shane Gillis. Um, Shane's Shane's blowing up right now. Just explosive. Ari Shafir, the amazing racist. Those are some of my favorite sketches ever. Yeah. And I thought I I thought they were real. I thought they were real for so long until I. But he hired actors, and it's like a Mm. union job. Like, but it's like I mean, he's like. He gets, almost gets beaten up by a guy because he's like, sta- "All right, this is not. I didn't do this. He wrote this." But he's standing in front of a ship on the shore, trying with watermelon, trying to get. Or it's got a sign on. This is free watermelon, and he's inviting an obvious group of people to come with yeah. him on the ship. And it looks like. I mean, it looks like he really gets beat up, but apparently it was all an act. But oh, it was, it was so good. It looked real. Another one where he does a. Uh, no, I shouldn't be explaining racial things like that. It's terrible. You got to look it up. Amazing racist. <laughs> have you uh, have you seen Ari's mustache? Not recently, no. Oh God, it's it's terrible. I don't know. It I wanted to, so I wanted to bad. take part in Shroomfest, but my connection disappeared, so I can't do it. <laughs> what was what was that going to oh, be? About? It looks like it looks like Ari has a comb about below his, knee, below <laughs> nice. his nose. <laughs> Ari Shafir so... every year. It's an unofficial thing. It's called Shroom Fest. He just like picks a week. He's like, we all do mushrooms, and then like we all spiritually come together, all tripping at the same time. Which I don't know. So this is for anybody that's like everybody's welcome. Yeah, yeah. Okay. And if and if you take it, apparently, if you could take it and prove it or show him, he'll send you a T-shirt. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Like just saying that you were a part of the group. Yeah, that, like that I did participated it. in Shroom Fest 2022 or something like that's that. That's cool. So you, it's next week. So okay, so you gotta prove that you were a part of it. Yeah, interesting. Is there like a certain amount that you have to take in order to like have him consider it? No, it's not specified. But I mean, who eats less than a quarter? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, allegedly. <laughs> allegedly. I like how you added that. <laughs> All right, Joe. When was the first time you ever went on stage? What was it like, and where did you start? What well, was Dublin's? Let's see, seven years ago, so 2015, 2000, maybe late 2015, 2016. And me and my buddy, best friend, actually, I grew up with them. We went to preschool together. Shout out Jacob Larue. Like, he doesn't listen to podcasts, so whatever. But he's a good <laughs> dude, and um, he went there with me to watch it for six weeks. I just creeped in the corner and snuck out at the end of the show. And this guy, Scott Zank, was running it at the time. And I asked him, like, hey, man, what's up? 
like, what do I got to do? And I, he told me what to do and sign up. And I wrote my first five minutes. And, well, I thought it was my first five minutes. I got up there. I performed it in about two and a half and then ran away. <laughs> but after that, I was hooked. I mean, that was it right there. Was it, like, like in your opinion, do you think you had a good set that very first time? Yeah, I still have a recording of it, though, and I listened to it, like, two months ago. It's not as good as I thought it was. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's, I feel like almost everybody's experience. Like, my experience, like, I thought I did pretty well. Like, I, I didn't record it, which I kind of regret, but it yeah. was, it was like, in the basement at... Um, What's Keller? it called? No, I was actually at in um, St. Cloud. It was St. Cloud though. Um, it was at the in the basement of Atwood okay. on on campus. They had just an open mic going on, and I did um, one of my bits. It was a uh, I wrote down LOL six times, and I like wrote how it can be used differently. So I like it had like <laughs> six different pictures that I used for LOL. <laughs> it wasn't really that funny, but it, it at the time I thought it was hilarious. Like I thought I was going to be the next big thing. But it obviously was not what it what I actually thought in my head what it was. I kind of remember what my first set was. I talked about having muscular dystrophy. I talked about my mom helping me get laid for the first time, um, unknowingly. <laughs> she wasn't she wasn't like pushing my hips or anything. Like that. <laughs> <laughs> this is uh, this was a, another girl though, right? It wasn't. No, it was Max. I've only been with one. I was well, no, no. I'm saying it wasn't your mom. It wasn't. No. no, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, sorry, I had to go there. I had to go there. No, that's my. You can confess your sins now, Joe, <laughs> if you really need to. <laughs> this is the time I admit I banged my mom. <laughs> Jesus Christ! Now I can't tell my parents about this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> that was a joke, everybody. Just so everybody's on the same page. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Totally a joke. Definitely. Definitely a joke. <laughs> But no, that's that's cool. Like that's uh, you went like for the personal stuff right away. Then yeah, that's all it's ever been. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's one thing about Rob Williams. Like I saw him talking about like like he turned like not like um, old man peeing into a like fourteen minute bit with him like with a water bottle like spraying piss everywhere and then like talking about how cats do it. Now cats are always trying to show you their ass. Like who likes kitty? Who loves kitty? Like. <laughs> Just, just him talking about shit that he went through in his real life and just stuff that he saw. Like, I mean, I always thought of William, Rob Williams is kind of like a dork, you know? Like, haha, yeah, haha. Yeah. Like, like I don't know. He's probably the Family Guy or American Dad captures it perfectly. Like, oh yeah, no, yeah, it's Family Guy because he's like, what time does a doctor go to the dentist? Two thirty. Get it? Haha. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, because that's some of the roles he played in his movies yeah. were like that. So I mean, that's why some people have that view of him. I know. Good morning, Vietnam. This is the first time I've used a mic like this. I feel like it. Wait, can, <laughs> can I do it? Do it. Good morning, Vietnam. All right. I'm happy now. Fine, now I can die. That was funny. Great movie. <laughs> Great movie. Yeah, definitely. Well, if it's your first time using this mic, I'm, I'm going to take a. I, I got to take a picture of him, and then we'll use that as. We'll do that. I'm going to take a picture of you, Joe. Even though it's like connected to Vandy's sound hopefully i don't mess this up here we go oops that's me it doesn't mess me up oh it's not gonna mess you up you're good got the smartphones boom i got them so i'm gonna do me too why not and then i'll get vandy in there too would you do me i'd do me <laughs> oops 
Okay, now I'm going to get Vandy. All right, I know this is very bad. It's actually going to be all three of us. Joe, you're, you got to look at your phone, so we're, we're all in it. Buddy. Oh, how come it's not catching? Oh, there we go. Ready? Three, two, one. Three, Sweet. I think I got it. Yep. Oh, I'm not I, I'm not really looking at the picture. Oh, well. well. I'll send you all three of those, so that way we can get them all, all up there. We're all, well, two of us are using our mics. <laughs> you're using your headphones because you're calling from way far away well sweet what uh so do you feel like your first time was is the reason why you continue to use your personal stuff or is it just is that just the most comfortable for you that's just always what I've joked about. I don't know. It's always been the most comfortable for me and the easiest. And, like, having a muscular disease, like, it's it's helped to just get it out there. Like, yeah. there's nothing I can do about it. It's not going away. It's just going to get worse. Like, I can't just spend my whole life being sad about it. You know, I got to find some way to bent it, get it out. Like, save my divorce. Like, it actually was very healing afterwards. I mean, I was drinking a lot and doing stupid shit. I probably shouldn't stay out loud being on probation. But, um... I was just making a lot of bad decisions right after my separation and like, yeah, that really kind of brought, helped me help bring me out of a hole. But yeah, I guess I just like how it feels to get that stuff out. And I've written a couple jokes that like aren't about that. Like I have one like about like, um, how does a baby centaur work? <laughs> like horses can run full speed like right away, but babies can't lift their head for like six <laughs> weeks. So I can picture it's just like a, Dead, like a just a flop a baby flopping off the end of a horse like running through a field like a, but i don't really write a lot of jokes like that and another thing too is like if i write jokes like and try to like lie i doesn't feel right and i'll like oh, correct yeah. myself on stage like actually i didn't do that i'm like why did i do that yeah so a truth that works a lot for me too I yeah i i understand that i really like that centaur bit that, <laughs> that, I, I haven't heard you say that so i i need to hear that bit on stage now um but yeah, I, I kind of understand what you're saying though. Like, cause I do the same thing. I'll lie on stage. Like I'll say in one joke, I'll say, Oh, I have a girlfriend. And then like three jokes later, I'll say I'm single, you know, like, yeah. I'm like, I, I create like a different universe for each of my jokes. Um, so I'm trying to figure out a way to like bring crowd work into that. I don't know if it would work or not, but I kind of want to like talk with somebody at the beginning of my set, but it's yeah. tough. It's tough to do in five minutes. Um, but like if I have a longer set, I kind of want to incorporate, like get like a friend in the audience and like tell them what's true and what's not true. So then that way I can connect with the audience a little bit with, through it. Yeah. Um, I just need to figure out how to do that, like, and still make it funny. So yeah, most of my stories are joke jokes. I mean, I embellish them and add to them, but they're all based in truth. Like for the most part, mm -hmm. based off a real event. So. Yeah. Well, that's what they say. Like you're supposed to have the setup is supposed to be true. And then the punch is that's where you can tweak. Yeah. But that's cool. No, I'm, I'm jealous because I know we talked about this with Sydney too, about like how she uses personal stuff and like how that's therapeutic. And like, I haven't had that part of comedy. I've only like written jokes and it, it is therapeutic for me to like, cause I've been writing for so long that I just basically have had it built up and yeah. now I'm actually able to like release what I've been been doing um because I, I did it for a little while in the cities but it just wasn't as much as i'm doing it here in duluth and so like now i just feel free and like community is amazing so it's just so therapeutic and freeing to get it all out well yeah i'm performing in a bar i feel like i connect to people and you know i talk about doing drugs in my life bad choices i've made trouble i've gotten in a lot of people relate to that a lot of people aren't i don't know 
it's more of a personal connection with people in the audience, I guess. Like I get a lot of mm. people that have gone through the same kind of stuff as me and kind of draws their attention, I guess. Mm-hmm. Well, well, yeah, and it really connects with them, which yeah. is which is either going to bring them back or it, you're going to be so memorable to them because of the connection you guys had. Yeah, that's kind of what I like about Bert. He just said uh, he just puts it all out there. Like mm-hmm. there are no secrets. I don't know if I could live that have that many eyes on me though. <laughs> yeah, I I have a, a joke about that. Like, cause I I think it'd be fun to like be famous. I don't need to be famous though. Like I I want to be famous enough where I can do comedy like full time. Like that yeah, that would be the make goal. A living, exactly. Great, I would know? like to make a living. So I want to be famous enough for like somebody to be like, hey, have you heard this comedian named Roddy? And then their friend says, nope. You know, and then the conversation just sort of moves on. Yeah. But I think it's great, though, because I think my, my jokes are perfect for not getting famous. So <laughs> that's my joke about it. Sweet. But. <laughs> yeah. All right. How long? Um, I guess we, we kind of already answered this question. Um, but I guess we'll just kind of reiterate um, a little bit. But how long were you or have you been an open micer? five years it was five years in april so five okay and, five and some change five and almost five and a half years yeah and i mean yeah i mean i've done a couple page shows here and there but nothing substantial yeah yeah do you, you say like... you're still an open micer or do you think you're almost to a feature act or no i'm 20 minutes probably my strongest set so i guess i don't know i feel like maybe i'm a i'm a host post level but not like i'm doing it so yeah i'm definitely not to be able to do a half hour yet or an hour like i think i have the material it's just putting it all together in a cohesive way and remembering all of it it's not there yet well that's the tough part for me i have such a tough time remembering my jokes like i can memorize my jokes each individually but I never memorize the order. Like that's why I always have my notes up there with me. Yeah. I just I just need to know what the next joke is, even if it's literally just a word, so I can kind of know what's coming next. Yeah, it's all I all do I is mean. bullet points for every joke. Yeah. That's why I got notes up there just so if I lose my place, I can look down. But yeah, that's exactly what I need. I just need some sort of a a key as to what's what's coming up. But once I know what joke it is, like. It, even if I had like an earpiece in so somebody could tell me what my next joke was, yeah. I, I, all they'd have to say is the name of the joke and I'd be like, oh, yep, and go right oh, into can it. Can I be that voice in your head, please? Can I be that voice in your head? No, I want to do well. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want somebody to fuck with me. I want to be able to... Oh, I'd, fuck with, I'd fuck with you so hard. <laughs> I know. I'd, I'd need somebody that I, I... I trust you, but I need somebody that I can trust to actually get the job done and not try to mess with my set <laughs> depends on how big the show was if it was a big show i'd take it serious but if it was just fucking around yeah i'd have a blast oh if it was an open mic you'd let me hang there i i'd be looking for my next joke and you just sit there in silence just oh no oh no i'd be like see that dude front row second one in i bet he has a 12 inch <laughs> oh my god so you wouldn't help me at all. You what, do you just... th- what do you think? What do you think? What do yeah. you think? You just nod if you think so. Yeah, and then, at me. and then you're trying to start a conversation with me while I'm on stage trying to say jokes. Yeah, that'd be great. <laughs> oh, geez, my phone's about to die. You think I got a chance oh. at that girl in the third row, huh? Can, you... <laughs> Can I go talk to her right now? What do you think? I mean, it's just your set. I don't... 
Yeah. I can I can fuck you up. I don't really care. <laughs> <laughs> Joe, if your phone's gonna die, you don't have to have Zoom on. If yeah. You want to? You can turn it off. I got a charger in the truck, but. Okay. Yeah. Otherwise, yeah, we can we can charge it. I I, oh, I don't have one down here. I'm using it. Sorry. I'd help you out, but. Well. Well. All right, Joe. Um, how many times should you be going on stage every week? And do you think it matters? Oh, it definitely matters. Um, yeah, right. it definitely matters. Uh, I'd say as much as possible. Like you want to get up and, cause you know, one joke, you could tell f- a thousand different ways and you want to find the best way it works, the best words to put. I mean, I don't know. I think, I think it's just necessary to work on everything over and over and over again. It helps you remember it and it helps you tell it better. So yeah, as much as you can. Um, I only do it twice a week right now. But it's the best I can do, trying to get stuff going here in Duluth, so. Yeah. Got to get another open mic on, like, a Wednesday. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, Wednesdays would be perfect for me. Unless we have a podcast, and I'd have to do it, do the podcast after the open mic. Yeah. Or even Monday night. I don't know. Yeah. I work Mondays. Oh. But, I mean, I could still make it work. Yeah. I make Sundays work, and I work on Sunday. We did VIP for a long time. I haven't heard from the owner for a while. I could, I don't know. Maybe reach out. Yeah. Yeah, I'm trying to figure out. Um, I know I, I had briefly talked to Black Bear about doing some, some stand-up. Yeah. And I know we're, we're trying to work something out. I don't know what day it would be, um, but it sounds like they actually want to do shows rather than an open mic. Yeah, they used to do that. I actually worked with the, the guy that used to book it. Um I forget his name. He uh was he used to book at Blackberry, but then he was booking at Danbury for a while, and I did a couple shows there. But those okay. were show shows with like national headliners. But um, wish I could you remember. His see name. if we can do like a live podcast there. That'd be fun. Um, the only thing is, um, if we are able to get something going at the casino, um, I'm not able to perform. Because Mark that out. because <laughs> I yeah because I work there. Um, if I have a show, even if people like think that I'm getting paid for it, I could get fired. Even if I'm not getting paid for it, people would think that I am, and that's considered double dipping, and I can't I can't do that. Huh. So I but I'm still working on it. I want to get the comics as much stage time as possible. Yeah. So I've actually like had uh, the person that's at black bear doing it um i have i gave him some contact information and so hopefully we're able to get something going yeah but it sounds like it'd be i bet you couldn't even you couldn't even host could you nope i can't be on stage fuck that's dumb i mean maybe if i'm working like with my badge on but i don't think that's what i mean yeah i don't i don't know if that's gonna like i can show up there like if the if like the show is going on, I can obviously listen and watch and stuff, but I don't think I can perform any of it. I was talking to them already about it since we're trying to get it going. We just got to get it approved, but I think it's getting there. So we'll see. Could be interesting, but it sounds like it, if, if they are going to be doing it, like I said, I think it might be like a Friday or Saturday and it's not going to be like every week. It's going to yeah. be like maybe once a month. Yeah, we got the comics around, I guess. It's hard to get all that material, but... Yeah, because I know I showed them the the stuff for the roast battle, and they were very interested. Okay. 
So that's I, I like I said, I anytime we have a show like that and we have good promotion for it, even like whatever shows are happening, I just show them the information so that they that way they know like, hey, there's enough things go like we can make this work here. So yeah. The only bad part is I can't perform. I'm a little sad about that. <laughs> but I understand the where they're coming from too cuz you can only have one job at the casino. So, I guess. I I don't understand that rule, but <laughs> I do. <laughs> I appreciate it cuz they don't want people to be doing a host job and then also making money this way and also making money this way, so I see it. But <laughs> So, Joe, is... Should, should, making money is making money. You should be able to do it any way you can. Yeah. It'd be like, yeah, because I, I have a part-time job. And so, like, if I did stand-up comedy anywhere else, I should be able to make money there. Like, I don't know. I I see both sides, so. But. You looking at your beard right now? <laughs> he's He's looking at himself right now, Joe. He's trying to... Looks good. It's coming in nice, man. Yeah, he's doing a beauty contest show right now. <laughs> I can't do a beer, man. It grows in all patchy. I look like a homeless person. Oh. I don't like facial hair anyway. I never was good at growing facial hair, and like I, I literally couldn't do anything until I was about 25, and then all of a sudden it was just like, yep, you can grow a beard now. And I'm like, oh, okay. Well, that's because everything from up top fell down below. Well, yeah, but I also like do that on purpose. So... <laughs> Like this, this short right here, this is on purpose. I, I shave all the way down. I do the, without the guard, all the way down. Curious to see, I, I still think you should grow it out just to see how much you actually have up there. I don't want to. <laughs> <laughs> Not unless I lost that, that bet that we had going on a long time ago for disc golf. If we did that and I lost, you remember that? Yeah, we still got to do that sometime. We had a bet that we were gonna play disc golf at Blue Ribbon Pines, and whoever lost had to grow out their hair and their facial hair for a year. <laughs> wow. Yeah, I think it'd be fun, but at this point, I I think I'd win because <laughs> I play like every day, and you don't play. Especially since I haven't thrown a disc in eight months. Nah, it'd be interesting. Probably four months. I'll tell you what. I'll throw with with one hand behind my back. <laughs> it's it's still the same because <laughs> I don't know how you throw with two hands. That'd be pretty weird. Unless I get to tie it. Unless I get to really like tie it behind your back because that might throw your balance off. Oh, that might. Yeah, because I do use my my arm for balance. I guess while I'm like going back, mm-hmm. like I reach back with this hand. Yeah, and putting. I use both hands for I don't like use both hands for putting, but I like use my other hand to like guide. guide. Yeah, as a guide a little bit. Oh. So but Joe actually has a, a bit about my disc golfing. Yeah, it sounds like a goddamn nightmare. <laughs> my legs don't work. Like I'm gonna throw this little thing, go walk a quarter mile, pick it up and do it again. Like, <laughs> it's like what the Taliban would do I if like they golf. caught me. <laughs> the Taliban do it. Torture me if they caught me. <laughs> but, 
Okay, Joe, is stand-up comedy what you thought it would be when you first got into it? Or even just getting on stage. is Was getting on stage different from what you thought it was going to be? I don't know. I mean, I had I had just soaked up so much comedy, listened to so much, and heard about like starting out and how much it sucks. Now you're not going to make any money. And I I have, was lucky enough to open for some pros when I was real early on. They told me the same thing, like get ready to grind this out. Like it's what's going to be. So I kind of had some advice, I guess, early on. So I kind of knew what was coming. Mm-hmm. Like I remember I opened for one comic at VIP. Uh, we actually we ran the pro shows there for a little bit. Chad and another guy <clears throat> but i went to do it and um i opened for him the guy said i did great and whatever and it felt good and but he was like so well, how long have you been doing this and i was like oh like six months or something and he's like well i'll get ready to get shit on for a decade <laughs> wow yeah i was like well yeah i don't know i'm not the kind of person that thought like oh they're a comic they must like be rich and have a mansion like i knew that these were amateurs and i mean i'm still an amateur but uh well, like you said, it it takes a long time. Like people are amateurs for over ten years sometimes. Yeah, like that. Yeah. It takes so long to to get anywhere, just to find get yourself on going. stage. Yeah, get your career going, find yourself on stage, build the connections that you need. Like there, there's a lot to the. Yeah, I get an world. agent, work clubs. Go yeah, through, yeah. It's, I've never even been to a goddamn real comedy club. Oh, like you haven't been to like Acme or anything? And <laughs> no, I've no. always wanted to go. Yeah. That'd be fun to get a group of us down there. I've been there. Absolutely. Yeah, I've been been there a few times. I've performed probably three, four times there. Um, just like open mics and contests and stuff like that. But it, it it's a fun, great stage. Like I have a a couple of things on my phone about like of recordings of me there. Yeah. And. I didn't even think it was like a super great set, especially because it was so I was so early in in my writing and stuff, and I still got some good reaction on a couple jokes where I I was surprised like at how well I actually did. Yeah. Um, obviously, like I'm better now because like I've refined the jokes that I have on there and I've like condensed them down into like actual one liners instead of like get like there's a couple jokes where I just had a lot of words that were just unnecessary yeah that's how a lot of my jokes start and then you slowly cut stuff off and figure out what you don't need and, yeah yeah that's kind of my favorite part about it's the process mm-hmm. sounds douchey to say but it is kind of cool to see something i mean i've had jokes that didn't work for three months i've changed a line or add something and all of a sudden it works it's yeah. a great feeling mm-hmm. well yeah even if you literally tweak like either take out a line or add a line or like, pause for longer at a certain it, point or yeah. that actually has worked. Uh, I had one joke that that has worked so well on, um, recently I did, did it once at, um, T-Bones and then I did it the next week at, uh, Dublin's. Yeah. And it, it was a huge difference in the reaction that I got. Just, just a little bit of a pause changed everything. Yeah. That's what it usually does. So, yeah, I'm I'm still learning that even like through my one-liners, like I can still tweak it even though there's not as many words in there. Yeah. Like there's still it's crazy how a do. pause can completely change a joke. Yeah. Just little things. A pause or even like I I love the way that Brian Regan like put it one time he was on a a podcast and I was listening to this interview and he was talking about how he'll write for hours sometimes like just sit there and write and write and write and 
he says that sometimes he'll get nothing out of that that four hours of writing, but he he might have made one joke four percent funnier, but he still considers that a win because he made that joke funnier. And I've heard quite a few pros that just do that. It's called stream of consciousness, where you just sit and write, like not necessarily jokes, not necessarily punchlines, but you just write your thoughts. And yep. I think that's how that's how Rogan's explained his process. He writes down, he'll sit and write for an hour, and try to pull stuff out of that, and then mm-hmm. try to use it. But I've tried that. I don't know. I just, I guess I, I get distracted too easily. Yeah, that I've I've tried that before. Um, but the way I do it, it's more like I I'm continuously writing throughout the day, like every day. And so then I, when I'm quote unquote writing, I'm working on the stuff that I had written down in my notes on my phone. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like I'm, I'm writing the stuff that I already wrote before. So. Yeah. And I've even gone through and just, just screwing around, just rewritten old bits because rewriting it from scratch. Maybe I'll find a better way to do it or a different line, but yeah, I've done that before too. But, a lot of my jokes kind of just come to me, and then I work on them from there, chip away at them from there. But mm-hmm. I always carry a notebook. I always try to always have my notebook with me. I have a note with a stylus that I never use because I mean the idea. As soon as I get an idea, I write it down. But yeah, well, actually, it goes with our our next question. So, Vandy, do you want to just write, just ask this next question, and we can get a little more in depth about writing? Are you still there, Vandy? Can you hear me? Can you hear me? You, okay. you zoning out? I'm here. Okay. Well, uh, do you want to a- a- answer this ne- or ask the next question? Because we're talking about writing. So we want to get a little bit more in depth about it. So do you want to ask the next question? Yeah. How long have you been writing? How do you write and present? For example, do you write on stage or off stage? And if off stage, what does your writing process look like? Well, writing, I mean... When I was a kid, like, I, I love writing. I've always, English has always been my thing. I'm not a math person. I'm a writing person. But, I mean, I would write, I would fill notebooks with these stories when I was a kid. And, I mean, I would do, like, essays and write too much. And the teachers would tell me I wrote too much. Like, I've always been writing. But I think, like, to be funny, probably only since I've been doing comedy, maybe maybe six months before I started doing comedy. Okay. But, I'm really writing down. But, I mean, most of my jokes are personal, so I've thought of these things before and I've said them. This is some things I've never said, some things I have said before in one way or another. But, And I guess I, I write both on and off stage. Like most of my jokes come to, almost all my jokes come to me off stage. I'm going to bring them on stage and gauge the reaction and see which part's weak and what part feels weird and where there's too many words and that kind of stuff. That's, And I think my writing style is just kind of when it comes to me, I should write it down. But I don't know how many times I'm lazy and something comes to me like, oh, I'll write it down later, and it's gone forever. Yeah. Like, I, I need to write it down immediately or I'm the same way. I did that today while, while grocery shopping. I was grocery shopping, and I'm like, oh, oh awesome. I, 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 need to, I need to get uh, bread or something. And then I got home because I didn't write it down, yeah. and I didn't get it. And I'm like, are you <laughs> kidding me? Like, like, so not only jokes. Time at work. Yeah, not only jokes but other things too. Like, I just need to start writing things down. Yeah, and I usually only write them out one time. I'll write out the idea, and then I'll tell it on stage. And then from then on, the only way it'll ever be written again is in bullet points with one or two words to remind me what it is about. Like, I don't I, I don't always tell the jokes the same way. Yeah. I always leave room to change words, and, you know, some people don't want you to say fuck. Yeah. So you've never, like, actually written out word for word what your jokes are? 
maybe the very first time when I first write it down, I'll tell it that okay. way. But almost always, I'm just long-winded, so I'll write it and it'll be way too long. And then I'll trim it down and see where it'll work and just work on it. Mm-hmm. And then remember it that way. Yeah. Yeah, I always have to write mine fully, at least, like, initially, so I know kind yeah. of what, what way I want to go with it, especially since it's one-liner, so I don't really have a whole lot to write, Yeah. Um, which is nice for me. Um, and I have gone on stage with just premise punchline and kind of try to make that work, too, but that's not always as effective. Okay. I was, I was trying, I was going to like, that's kind of what I was getting at. Like if you just had just that little bit, do you, that's, that's where you write on stage and that's how you kind of like add to it and. Yeah. And then, and then you'll listen to it and then you'll be like, ah, that's not necessary and kind of delete and edit from there. Well, like my handicap pass joke where I say that, um, somebody asked me if if somebody said if they had a handicap pass, they'd use it all the time. But, but, um, I wanted to say, do you realize that you just said that you wish you were disabled? But instead, I pushed him in front of a bus. That last line, I didn't tell for the first three months I had that joke. It was I ended it with, do you realize he just said you were disabled? And it almost never worked. But I was like, I know there's something there. I know there's something funny about it. And I put in that last line, and it was just like explosive reaction. Like yeah. I was like, there it is. It felt so good. This was probably one of the bits I worked on the longest and didn't give up on, and it actually paid off. I've had a couple I've finally given up on because they're just not funny and I've had jokes that I just tell to make myself laugh, and those aren't very good for comedy most of the time. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's cool, though, because like, not giving up on the joke like sometimes is the right choice. Um, sometimes it is, obviously, but like I like how you had that determination, and you knew something was there, yeah. and you added that on stage. Like That's a really clever punch, too, Like at the end, just to add that right there, because like, that is a, a good punch, because it's something you're not expecting. And then all of a sudden, like, yeah, yep, there it is. Yeah, it's one of my more successful bits. It's always worked since I since I made it work. Yeah. Well, especially, I, I just like the determination behind it. Like, you knew there there was something there. You just didn't know what it was yet, so you're still working on it on stage. Yeah. And it wasn't, like, so bad it ruined my set, so I knew it wasn't, like, a terrible yeah, joke. Yeah, But it was just, like, kind of like a low point in my set because mm-hmm. I'd get a couple chuckles, but... Mm. Yeah. So, um, so you said you were only writing for six months prior. Probably, maybe, because once I found out about Dublin's, I started trying to write some jokes, and I was a psycho, man. I would stand outside of my, we had a three season porch or two, whatever the hell that thing's called, an unheated porch. But, and I remember for months beforehand i would write down i was writing my sets word for word my entire five minute set yeah and just standing there reading it to my phone over and over and over and over again that's how i memorized my first set but i talked too fast i just went faster than i meant to during my first set but that's how i did it when i started then i realized that that's way too much work and it's really not necessary yeah it's more it's better to keep the writing shorter and work on it on stage i think yeah well, I, especially because you said it was only two and a half minutes your first time on stage like that. Yeah, I don't – maybe cut. it was three. I don't remember exactly, yeah. but it was shorter than five because yeah. it was just like I – and I remember I – that was my one of my biggest problems when starting was letting the mic drift away from my mouth and talking too fast. That was one thing I really had to get over quick when I started. So when you found out about dubs, did you – go every thursday to like see or were like were yeah, you, probably, did you did you find out about it and you're like i need to write so i can go probably or like, six, what was your... six or eight weeks probably okay but did yeah. you so did you go every time or did you just study for it and get ready to 
Take I went like weeks in a row. Yeah. Oh, okay, yeah. nice. Okay, that's what I was. Okay, because I didn't know if you would go there and then like do your studying afterwards. But that that's the way it sounds like. Yeah. Yeah, yeah but I can I... still clearly remember sitting in Perkins actually over in Superior, over there in Wisconsin with my ex, and like saying I want to do stand up. I remember that day. I remember doing it. It was crazy, but it's a lifetime ago. Yeah. Well, it's. Uh, it's a life-changing day because like now you're doing stand-up and you've been doing it for five years like that's really cool especially like because i did kind of the opposite i have been writing forever i've been writing since 2010 yeah and i'm finally getting on stage every week like well like i was always a funny kid growing up but that was just because i would like make noises and throw stuff at the teachers like i wouldn't like tell jokes i would just be a dickhead <laughs> like but kids like that so that's yeah. that's how i found that i like to make people laugh yeah because I mean that big pop when you get a great joke and it just makes the room just go crazy. It's 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 beautiful. It's such <laughs> it's the a good, best feeling yeah, ever. Yeah, it's the best. Yeah, it's yeah. I don't know. Like that's that's what got me into it at first was because I would listen to comics like on Comedy Central and all that kind of stuff. But I I actually never got to see anything really live until I was an adult. I never like. Yeah, I watched a ton of it growing up. Mitch Hedberg. And... Yeah. I mean, David Tell's Insomniac. I remember that show so well. <laughs> yep. Just, just about killed the guy. But David I, Tell, I, I've, I've mentioned him a lot now. I feel like David Tell is really underappreciated. Oh, for sure. Like he's he's been doing it for so long. So I feel yeah. like there was a time where he was appreciated when he was on Comedy Central and stuff like that. But he's still funny. Well, as... yeah, and he still tours and makes a great living doing it. But yeah, he like, just don't. He's not in the spotlight as much anymore. Yeah. But yeah, that's. I remember watching stand up and getting into it that way. And then I finally went to Acme. That's where I went to see comedy for the first time, like live comedy. Yeah. And then I was writing to so like, I knew that that's something that I wanted to do eventually. Um, but I went and saw like a live, like an actual pro comic. And I'm like, wow, like this is like way more like, the energy was so much more than like when you're listening to it, like on a TV, you know, like you actually hear the crowd laugh around you instead of like as an audio clip on TV. Like, yeah. Yeah. I was just, it was nuts. I remember that. But yeah. So is that kind of the the way that you got it at dubs too? Was that your first time listening to stand up? Live. Yeah. Live. Yeah. Okay. And that was the open mic. I didn't go to a pro show until I was doing it for probably a year or two. Oh, okay. and that so was you... over at VIP where the guy let us go for free, basically. Wow. And I just got to sit in and see it, and I got to open it, so it was cool. Yeah. That's crazy. And I think I opened the first pro show I ever went to. <laughs> That's cool. Yeah. Yeah, they didn't let me open. <laughs> I mean, it's, that's, a, that's probably a good thing. <laughs> well, shit, I mean, I didn't open at Dubs till three weeks ago. Yeah. Which was cool. A little milestone, I guess. No, uh, how, I don't really care. Yeah, how was that? I didn't get a chance to. It was great. Know. It went great. I mean, yeah. the feature had a bad night, but other mm. than that, it went well. Yeah, yeah I, I heard about the show. I just obviously like wanted to to hear your your perspective about it. Well, yeah, and it's so painful to watch too, because I mean, this guy is hilarious. I've seen him be so funny, and he just had a bad night and just mm. ate it. Like it was bad. He could tell. I mean, he knew it. Yeah, it wasn't a secret to anybody. It was just like so bad for twenty four minutes when he left. Mm. But, do you, so, do you know? Like, do you feel like you know the reasoning behind it, or was it like just 
Yeah, he was out of it. Looked like it. I mean, I, he had talked about doing acid the night before or something like oh, that. Or... So he was just, it wasn't in the right mindset for it. Yeah. Just, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Sometimes that happens, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, because I know there's times, like, where I'm, like, about to go, like, I'll have, like, during the day, like, I usually like to try to relax before dubs on Thursday because I have Thursdays off. Yeah. So I like to either play disc golf or play video games or just just do something to help me relax. But, like, sometimes I'll play disc golf and I'll just have an absolute terrible time. Like, I'll hit trees and I'll, <laughs> I'll, I'll just I, – I, I'm not having a good day playing disc golf. And, like, there was one day where I was so upset at how I played disc golf. I'm like, I don't even want to, like, go do comedy. But then I'm like, no, I want to do comedy because I I need it. Like, I need, like, to hear other comics say their jokes so I can laugh and get it out. And I just, I wasn't feeling funny, but I'm like, I'm going to go anyways. And it was a really good set. I'm like, why was I even questioning coming tonight? So, like, now that, since that day, I've just, like, I'm going no matter what I'm doing yeah, but I could definitely see it going the other way too. Like if you're in a bad mood or just in the wrong mindset. Yeah, it's harder to when you're getting paid for. It's a little different. That's got to be painful though. Yeah, that I guess I have yet to be paid for it, so that's. Part yeah, I think of I've it. made about negative four thousand dollars. Yeah, yeah, I, I haven't really. I've been paid in food and stuff like that. Like there was. I did a show at uh, a place actually Vandy and I both used to work at. It's actually on his shirt, the foul line. Um, it was the um, River City Extreme in Monticello. And we had a couple shows there and that I put together. And so, like, we got quote-unquote paid, but it was our tab. So they, like, gave us a free tab for all the comedians. Oh, okay. And so, like, that was the... I had some guy at a bar tip me 10 bucks once. Just gave me 10 bucks for a set. Dang. <laughs> That's pretty sweet. Yeah. Well, on that, on showing up every night, I remember once, like, I didn't want to go to a show once. I wasn't feeling good. I was personal problems or something. I don't know. I wasn't feeling good. I went to the show. I sat down, happened to run into a guy, and I ended up, oh, I ended up doing a Christmas, I ended up doing a Christmas party for their trucking company and making like 200 bucks to talk for five minutes, for 12 minutes, I think it was. Yeah. Wow. It was a short set. They only wanted us to do short. It was, you know, Brandon St. Germain. It's only real gig i got but it was great you know it was like 200 bucks and we split it and that's so yeah i think it was like 100 bucks to talk for like 10 minutes that's that's pretty yeah. good though <laughs> so like, cool. especially like you guys are both funny as fuck so that that would have probably been like a really good 12 minutes it's crazy that it was only 12 minutes yeah something like that. i don't even remember it might have been less than that because that's just like doing an open mic and well yeah when i first talked it. to them i'm like you know i'll bring three comics we'll have them do an hour and a half They're like no no we only want like 20 minutes like Okay. Yeah. <laughs> cool. Nuts. I mean, I I, I, I don't know if you um, ever saw one of, I can't remember the name of that special, but uh, Patton Oswald was ta- talking about his set that he had at a casino one time. And he was talking about how it was the most he's ever gotten paid. Oh, yeah. And he didn't even tell a single Ratatouille. joke. Yeah. Like, yep. yeah. He got his career yelled at him, <laughs> didn't tell a single joke. And he paid. He said he paid for his daughter's first semester of college. <laughs> like that's insane. Like yeah, I don't know. The only special of his I can remember the name is is uh, topping for talking for clapping. Yep, that that's I think one of the earlier ones. I yeah, think. he's great. Yeah, he's amazing. He's one of my one of my favorites for sure. Yeah, and I, I just love that. Like growing up, like 
I didn't know that all the like obviously I should have known. I'm just dumb. Um, that's why I, I host the stupidest podcast. Um, <laughs> but like I didn't know that like Maria Bamford knew Patton Oswald, who knew Dimitri Martin. I didn't know they were all friends and they all yeah. knew each other. And like Mitch Hedberg, like everybody knew Mitch Hedberg. Like it was just crazy. Like I'm, I, obviously it's the same scene. Like well, Maria Bamford's parents live in Duluth. Yeah, she actually like moved here for a while during COVID. I think I don't know really? if she's still here, but okay, yeah. I don't know. I don't. I, I I knew that she was from Duluth, and I knew that her parents were still in the area. I didn't know if it was Duluth or if it was just close to. Yeah, I think it's like East but... Duluth. It's like in the city. Yeah. But, oh wow. Uh, okay. Yeah, I don't know. I don't. I don't know. I've never really. Yeah, and I know she, she's never really been. I've never really been a fan. Yeah, I've I've always loved her. So if I were to ever run into her, she'd be like one of my. That yeah. that'd be one of my goal comedians to. Yeah, to see. she did a show. I think with. Tig Nataro at the North Shore once. Oh, okay. Nice. Years ago. Maybe, I forget who it was with. Maybe it was Tig. I don't know. Well, if she's ever doing a show up in this area or Minneapolis, I'm going to go see it. Because there was one in Minneapolis that she did that I was going to go see. Yeah. But I was, at the time, I was with my ex who wasn't into comedy. And so I wasn't even, like, considering going. Because if I would have gone, she wouldn't have gone. And she would have been mad. And I just, it was not going to be a good thing. So. Yeah. I'm I'm pretty excited. I'm going to see Cigar here and. Shit, that may be a couple weeks. I don't remember. Yeah, he's coming to Duluth, right? He's yeah. coming to um, Orchestra Hall. Orchestra. Damn. That should be a good show. Yeah. Pretty excited. I actually have to get that ticket because I'm going to try to get disabled seating because I want to walk down that mm. goddamn steep hill to get in there. But yeah. No, that would be. Go with Sam. Sam Schwartz. Nice. Oh, yeah. I remember you guys talking about that. That's cool. I'd like to see Bert too, but I don't know if I can afford it, and it's hard to get. It's hard to go out on the weekends. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe we'll see. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's cool. We're getting those names. Oh, and uh, Nate Bargatze is coming here too. Oh yeah, yep. Yeah, if you guys are interested in comedy and you're in the Duluth area, you should definitely look at getting tickets to those shows. So. Nate Bargatze is a show you can bring your kids to. He's clean. Yeah. Yep. He's the Tennessee kid. That's yeah, his. Yeah. Yep. yep. Yeah, he's hilarious. Yeah. All those guys are hilarious. If you don't listen to any podcasts, like, or if, if you're interested in getting into podcasts and don't listen, like, Tom Segura and Burt Kreischer, they're really good. Oh, uh, two bears. Yeah, two yeah. bears. Your mom's house is great, but it's a certain kind of humor. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. <laughs> and then if you if you pay for it, is that the one? If you pay for it, they like do all the crazy stuff. Yeah, it's YMH Live. I think yeah. they just did number eight. Yep. I think number eight's out right now. I gotta buy it one of these days. But yeah, they. I've seen some things in those heavy segments that I wish I didn't. It's it's pretty. It's pretty. Do they almost made Rogan? Nasty. Yeah, they almost made Rogan puke, and he like he was like gagging like, Ugh! like, and he did Fear Factor for yeah. like twelve seasons or whatever. Yeah, so he knows <laughs> a thing or two about. Tim Dillon is in the new one. Really, interesting. The new what? The new the new episode. Oh yeah, yeah. How often do they do those episodes? Is it like monthly Three or? Three or four months. Oh, it's like quarterly, basically. Yeah, it's not very Something often. Like that. Whenever Tom has free time and wants to make some extra money. I gotcha. Well, I'm sure they make a ton of money on that. Oh. We got to do something like that. We'll have, we'll have Vandy put on his, his swimsuit. <laughs> it doesn't. It doesn't show a whole lot. <laughs> but 
I know they just Daddy's signed. They just work. signed signed Segura for two more Netflix specials. Oh, nice! So that's pretty exciting. Hopefully, they're soon. I want to see I think it. They signed right. Bert too. And of course, they did. That motherfucker. He's gonna be whoring till he dies. <laughs> Love him, but Jesus, man, I don't know how people. Can, I couldn't keep up with him, man. How can you party? With, I'd love to hang out with Bert, but I could not party with Bert, man. I'd be puking in my shoes <laughs> for like an hour and a half. You just got to get multiple pairs of shoes, and you're fine. <laughs> just carry him around. Maybe get a bag. That'd be easier. Be cool to get him high on crack and then turn him into a crackhead. <laughs> oh, I ruined Bert. So, so ruined that's, Bert. that's how you get famous is yeah. making him a crackhead. <laughs> uh, That'd be an interesting way to, to get famous. Yeah. But, all right. My next question is, do you ever practice your jokes alone or with friends and family? Not really alone so much anymore because I feel like you really need reaction of people. I don't like I'll practice them out loud, but I will practice them with family. I'll run them by other comics too. And sometimes like if something just comes up organically, I'll try and slip in a bit that works with the conversation we're in at the moment and see if I get a reaction. So yeah, I, I do practice some of them, but not all of them. Most of the practice comes from being in front of an audience. Yeah. It's the most important part. So I mean, zoom comedy is ugh. like, how did you, how was that show you did? Uh, so that one is, it's it's fun. I love the show. Is there, um, do you get any crowd reaction? Is my thing. That's or is it the just silence. That's that's the tough part. Um, there are jokes where you get the crowd reaction, but for one liners, for me, like sometimes I get the reaction right away. It's it's not that much of a delay. Yeah. But um, some of my jokes also require that extra second to think about it. So that extra second, I also need to add an extra second for the delay. And so like I'm pausing a little more than i normally would um which can kind of make it awkward sometimes but like i i get the reaction it's just sometimes a second later than i think it's gonna be and so it's it's tough because i i like sit there i say the joke and i pause and then i i either get it or i don't get it and most of the time i at least get some reaction which is nice at least one person laughing which is good yeah um but yeah it's like it, it is more difficult well the zoom shows that i watched a couple i didn't i couldn't watch old things but i watched a couple where there was no sound oh okay kind of like norm special but that was norm so it was special but i mean yeah and i i love the way that dat because it's dat dat fan is the only one i've ever done a zoom show with um but the way he sets it up is really nice um most of the audience is comedians which is i can't believe that guy's still doing comedy yeah i thought thought you had to be funny to be a professional Uh, right, that wasn't very nice. No, know. he's actually got some good stuff. Like <laughs> through his Zoom, it's it's funny. Yeah, um, I haven't actually heard a lot of his material. I'm just talking shit. Yeah, and it sounds like he's actually getting ready to start touring again. So which is nice. Um, but it's gonna be awesome. But like it's 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 interesting like concept in getting the Zoom stuff. But like I just like the way that he set everything up because everybody in the audience knows the rules and knows not to mess with the comedians. Um, the comedians know the rules, so they're not like messing up other other comic sets um yeah that's one nice thing about being on a computer you can just block them yeah shut the fuck up yep and he knows exactly (laughs) what he's doing because he's got like everything in front of him um when he's not performing he is the one that's controlling it which is awesome so it's almost more like a podcast 
Well, it's it's with a podcast. Jokes. Yeah, it, it's a podcast with jokes, um, essentially, because like everybody's doing it through Zoom. But he does have live comics in his studio. Okay. So he actually does have people in the studio doing their their stuff. And so he'll um, kind of split it up so not everybody in the studio is doing it at the same time. So he'll ha- have somebody do, do it in the studio. Then he'll have a Zoom comedian. Then he'll do somebody in the studio, um, depending on how many people he has in the studio. Because, like, obviously, like, with COVID, he can't have everybody in there all at once. But, like, he'll invite people Wait, there. And What? What's that? Co- uh, COVID. It's uh, this thing that has happened. Um, it happened. It started in 2020. And uh, it's a virus that people get for... Um, having sex with each other. And, I'm just kidding. It's not a, It's not sexually transmitted. Um, I think it's. I think it's through the air. Is what I've been told. Magic. Yeah. But yeah. Anyway. So like, it's it's just cool because he's like able to to get comics out there, which is, it's. I love that show because you get to see comics like from everywhere, and so like I've I've learned from other comics just kind of like, like different ways and different like things that they use well, yeah. which is nice and that's part um, of being at our level i can talk shit about any comic i want but they're professionals and i'm not so <laughs> i'm just jealous yeah, it's yeah. just jealousy <laughs> yeah but it's it's cool because like i love our scene because like we work with each other and we like build each other up and we can well, yeah, help tweak jokes and stuff like that it's all i know i don't know how i would deal with it, a competitive like open mic scene i can yeah. understand being competitive professionally that's the job mm-hmm. but competitive at an open mic why yeah i don't understand that either <laughs> like i've been in that in that arena and it's it's tough because you're like i just you like will ask another comedian after a, a set in that kind of environment yeah and you won't get any any response well, like, it's like you can be the best open micer you're still a fucking open micer yeah, like it's not yeah. really like i don't know i think having a good show and being part of good shows helps more than just having two or three good laugh yeah we need to help each other out like if i help you out you're gonna help me out like we're gonna build the community we're not gonna we're not like against each other like we want the community to do well that's why it's cool we're doing all these feature shows now sydney's doing one where you get like three or four or five comics doing longer sets which is awesome yeah Yeah, that's that's huge like even like i don't know it's just crazy to i I can't like in envision ever like wanting to continue doing comedy if you're in that environment like that was one issue for me when i lived down in the cities was i would go out uh one part of it was that i had to pay for parking and i i'm just cheap and i didn't want to have to pay for parking every single time (laughs) i went and did five minutes maybe um so that was tough part but then also on top of that it wasn't i didn't feel like a part of the community like we're up here I didn't have to. I don't have to pay for parking, and yeah. I'm a part of the community, so I want to go every opportunity I get. I never pay for parking anywhere. Oh, <laughs> it's pretty sweet. <laughs> Just gotta have a disease, you know, that controls your entire life and existence. It's fun. Just try it. Worth it. Yeah. No. No. <laughs> Sorry, I had to. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so that's that. That was part of it, but it's just cool. Like with, with like through the the Zoom show, it's kind of neat because like. I've done a couple of those shows and then afterwards on Facebook, they'll either add me as a friend or just send me a message just saying, Hey, I really liked these three jokes. And I'm like, Oh, that's awesome. And then like, sometimes we have a conversation after that and I talk to them about like jokes they maybe didn't like. And so I can, I get help from them just as if it's the community that we're in. Cause like sometimes we always talk about that after a show. Yeah. Like, Hey, that was such a great thing. Hey, here's a, here's a tag for this one or, Oh, maybe this one, if you pause here or whatever, like we just give each other notes. 
Like, it's just very helpful. Yeah, definitely. Sydney actually gave me one. I'm going to try out this week. Oh, nice. That'll be that'll be good. I want to hear that one. Just inserting things in a play. I don't know. I talk too fast. I bowl over shit a lot. i got to slow mm. down and do more pausing and, and let the stuff happen. I've gotten way better at it than I was, but it's still an issue. Yeah. What? The... Well, silence is just... Oh, it just, I don't know. It just drives me insane. Like just standing there in silence for any amount of time mm. makes me feel like my head's going to explode. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's one thing that I've learned through podcasting and through like listening to other comics and stuff. Like some of them like say that it, that's one part of comedy is being comfortable in the silence. Yeah. Like that's, it, it's a, it's obviously a hard thing to get used to and like, I don't know, be comfortable with, but yeah, knowing how to bomb. That's another thing. It's good. To yeah. Know. Yep. And knowing that just not, because, yeah, not knowing how to bomb necessarily, but knowing that when you bomb, it's not the end of the world and how yeah. to recover from it. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I, I did that before I was in this. Yeah. Scene. You, you could quit comedy for like eight months. Yeah. 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 I quit comedy for eight months. I, I was still like kind of writing, but I even stopped writing for a while. Cause I, I was just <laughs> like, you know what? I don't need to do any of this. Yeah. And then I got back into it and, yeah, Vandy and I were, he was in town, we were going to do the podcast, and he's like, well, why don't we go do some stand-up? Well, you did the podcast before stand-up? No, we were going to do stand-up, or we were going to do the podcast that night, but we decided to go to, to Dubs just to kind of play some darts and or Yeah, whatever. I, mean, well, I mean, had you already been doing comedy when you started the podcast? I Yeah, I had, oh, okay, yeah, okay, I had okay. done yeah. comedy um, in the cities, but okay. I, I hadn't done it up in Duluth because um, yeah. I've been here since 2019 and I had always thought about getting into it. And then obviously COVID. So I didn't, didn't get into it then. But then after um, everything was getting better with that, I'm like, you know what? I'm going to think about getting into the scene again and see what it's like. Yeah, and, and this is the second iteration of the scene. Like the first scene kind of fell apart. Okay. Like really the only people that are left from that are Bob, Danny, Chad, myself. Okay. Well, I mean, now we got all the new people. We got Patrick. We got you. We got the the new, the new comics are amazing. It's crazy. I mean, Sydney on fucking killing on Kill Tony <laughs> that after was... fucking six months in comedy. God damn it! Yeah, that you was. You heard insane. me, Sydney. You hear me, Sydney. God damn it! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she got on Kill Tony, the yeah. number one live podcast in the world. It's hardcore and did very very well. Had yeah, a great interview and everything. And oh. got onto the special show. Yeah, like that's secret show. Secret show. Sorry. I don't know. I just kind of want to kidnap Red Band. <laughs> I think we we have the same brain. Yeah, but it, it <laughs> I I kind of like the fact that that wasn't her first podcast. That would have been sick for that to be her first podcast. Yeah. But the stupidest podcast snagged her before. Oh yeah. For that one, so yeah, you got to ride those coattails as long as you can, man. <laughs> You're big talent scouts. Yep. So once, uh, so since. Sydney's she's already on her way of getting big. Now it's Frankie and then it's you. So you're you're coming you're gonna be getting big soon. Sweet. <laughs> you just gotta wait for after Frankie. Once Frankie gets big. So oh shoot, we gotta wait for Frankie just to get blow big. People up. <laughs> we gotta wait for Frankie to get big. That's gonna be tough. I'm just kidding. <laughs> just kidding, Frankie. <laughs> oh. That was a joke, Frankie. I'm just I'm just joshing you. I I'm getting ready to roast you. I gotta gotta roast you on the podcast right before we we do it live on the stage. You're not joshing her, you're justining her. I'm justining her. <laughs> I like that one. All right, Joe, do you record your sets? And if so, does it help with future performances? Yeah, I try to record every single set. Like, I'll just set my phone down on the stool on record. And um, 
so yeah and it does help to listen to it like you hear like oh i need to pause there oh that word wasn't necessary or oh, i should use a different word there because you can hear the reaction of the crowd at least sort of and we're lucky enough in Duluth that we have the amazing Danielle Thrallo, which must, which has, she has to be on this podcast. Oh, someday. she's, yeah, she's going to be one of the next ones. But she has a, you know, nice camera, comes and videotapes everything, takes pictures of us. She's, uh, she's one of the things that keeps this scene together, I think. You yeah. Know, helps keep the scene together, definitely. Yeah. No, uh, we actually, I met Danny the very first night that I did stand up at Dubs, and yeah. uh, Vandy was there, and he got to meet. Danny too so like that's one reason I'm trying to get um, everybody on I don't necessarily have a specific order that I want to get everybody on I'm just going based off of the amount of interest that I'm seeing so like if people are interested in doing the show I obviously want them on the show like because they're interested Um, and other people I'm I'm sure are interested I I just haven't seen well Danny and Bob have just been the local comics I've always looked up to yeah like not that I don't appreciate everyone else but I don't I don't know it's not the same yeah Wow, but no, that's Danny is one of the the ones that I want to get on right away because basically because Vandy has met them. I want people I want people that Vandy has met on the show too, so that yeah. way he he has a connection with them. Um, so that's why once he is able to come up a little bit more frequently and we can do some stand up together, um, he'll get to know people and then we can get them on the podcast. And I feel like that would be a a, a great way to get everybody to know each other too. So. Yeah, and I mean, you guys talk about live podcasts. Caddy Shack has been the most um, supportive place ever. They would do that. I don't know. Okay. If, I don't know how it would work with this, or I don't know how any of that works. This is my first podcast. Well, second, but first one doesn't count. Yeah, yeah. This is your second time <laughs> recording with us, so this is the first one that will air. So I, I still feel really bad for that. That that's tough. Yeah, no, I, I ate a bunch of edibles that night. I'm not as fucked up today, so I feel like I'm more uh, coherent at least. Well, it's going great. Like this is <laughs> this is so fun so far. Um, but yeah, that's actually a really good idea. I think I might look into doing that. I think that'd be a lot of fun, and then we can get even like we can have a live podcast, Vandy and I on stage with an extra mic, and we can kind of rotate through a bunch of comedians. Yeah, I mean, we're plotting, we've had up to six mics hot at once i think oh okay interesting because we would have to Frankie's a dating show she had like six yeah because we would have to have our mics and then we might have to have a mic by it so obviously everybody can hear us i mean well we'd have to figure out the logistics of it well that's another thing i forgot to mention about that caddy show is uh pete had some friends come to record dude shows up with three like thousand dollar cameras Mics plugged directly into the camera, um, 360 camera up on the stage, uh, recording the entire room, the whole show. Like, I can't wait to see how they turn out. Wow. Yeah, it's like it's like the most professional I've ever been recorded. It might actually be a set worth holding on to. That's really cool. Yeah. So, like, it's a 3D camera, so you could actually, like, or the 360. Yeah, it's weird. It's so. like a camera. It's like a stick with two lenses on both sides, like fisheye yeah. lenses, and it just, um records i guess the whole time yeah but there's a little blind spot because it's okay two, it's on both sides of the stick yeah so they could technically do like a vr of that show then maybe i don't know how that works because yeah. I, I feel like that's what a lot of the vr it wasn't stuff a 3d is. camera it was a 360 yeah camera. yeah 360 yeah. so you could literally like if you had goggles on you could like it it would let you go anywhere yeah, yeah. see that's how online comedy could work it's virtual reality but it's not standard yet so yeah. i mean i can't 
I don't even know if I want. I don't want to work when I play video games. I want to sit. Yeah, for sure. You know, I, I I just started the. I haven't gotten too deep into it, but I was just listening to um, Mark Zuckerberg on Joe. Yeah, and he was talking about like the future of of gaming and all that. It's interesting, of... but he is so fucking boring it to is. listen to. It is, yeah, I just monotone. That. But yeah, there was some of that. Which, that was a really good podcast. Yeah, I, I'm part way through that. I'm not a hundred percent, but. I, I want to listen to that just because, like, that concept, like, seems very interesting. Yeah, I can't wait till they do the next Save Our Parks. See the last one with uh, Ari, Shane, Gillis, and Normand? No, I haven't seen that Yeah, one. they've done, like, three. They do it once a month now. It's amazing. Like, okay. The last one, Ari tried to keep up with Shane Gillis' uh, Bud Light consumption. <laughs> and Ari made 14. He was, like, he was sleeping on the floor, puking in the cooler, like... <laughs> They had to leave him there, and they had a show wow. that night. And fucking uh, Gillis just drank 18 beers and was fine. Wow. Just fine. Didn't even piss. It was weird. I don't know how you do that with light beer. I, know, I can't. I don't know. I guess I'm a whiskey guy. I can't do beer. It's too much. Yeah. That's so. nuts. Yeah, I I wouldn't. I couldn't do 14. I'd, yeah. I'd be done. Uh, especially Bud Light. Fucking gross. <laughs> Well, sorry. I mean, maybe they're a future sponsor. I love you, Bud Light. <laughs> well, they're not a sponsor for this particular episode right now. So, I mean, at the, at this time on, what is it? August 31st, 2022. <laughs> That's when we're recording. Sorry, this is in the future. People in the future are listening to this. Okay. Yeah, probably. Yeah, two weeks. Well, sweet. I think uh, that's all we got for the first set of questions, Joe. Is there any questions you have for us? I guess one of the questions I was going to ask you is the podcasting, like when you started doing the podcast, um, but that was kind of already explained. Um, I don't know, not much really. Uh, well, we can talk a little bit about that because we started uh, about a year, almost two years ago now is when we started, and we have been releasing episodes every other Monday. And now we're in the 40s. I think we're at 42, 43. Okay. Right this, would, this would be 41. 41. Wow. Yeah, and you guys just decided to start it and talk about whatever? Or, I mean, what do you... Yeah, so it it, it started off just as a, an idea because we... Uh, Vandy and I, we used to work at the bowling alley, and we did uh, what was called Moonlight Bowling there. And so we, we would be the hosts of that. And so, like, we had a very good connection. Um just on the mics there. And so we were just calling shots, doing jokes and doing all sorts of stuff, mostly improv stuff. Um, But we would do like side games and stuff like that. So we had like a show going. And so like we were, we were doing that. And then I left the bowling alley and I went to work for the twins. I was working for the twins, but I had an internship. So they they needed a little bit more of my time. Yeah. And so I, I went there and so we stopped doing the Moonlight Bowling. They ended up having other other people host it or whatever. And we were talking and we're right. like, yeah, it was years later. And we're like, man, I miss that. Like, we got to do something like that, you know? And so we're like, Vandy suggested, he's like, well, what about like a podcast? Like, because we are actually, before the podcast even got started, we were talking about maybe doing stand-up together. Yeah. And I would do my one-liners and he would just kind of joke off of my one-liners and just kind of do a lot of like improv stuff. Um, cause I had obviously a lot of stuff written and he hadn't at the time. And yeah. so that's what we were, our concept was at first. And then we just kind of broke off from there. Cause like we just, I, we, we, 
I, I don't know. I, I think it'd be fun, but it'd be tough for like one-liners because I don't know. I, I don't know how that would work. But so we decided to, Vandy's idea was, he's like, well, why don't we do a podcast? And so we were thinking of ideas of what we might be able to do or um, different ideas for the show, different um, formats, different names for the show. Like we didn't have a name for it. So we were just trying to figure stuff out. Um, we didn't know what we were going to do for <coughs> getting the mics or timing because I was living, like I, I had moved up here and everything. But finally, like we were, we decided we're we're just gonna do it, and we didn't really have a plan, but we just, just pulled the trigger. Yeah, we just pulled the trigger, and then we just did it, and kind of went from there. And now we have kind of a formula of like what we want for the show, whether it be a guest show or a a, a episode with him and I. And so now we're just kind of doing the show, and we tweak it every about ten episodes or so, just to kind of get something new and tweak it and make it make it what we're hoping is better. And, uh, so yeah, we've been, we've been doing that. And like when we were trying to figure out an idea for the show, like for a name for the show, I was thinking, I'm like, I want something where people, it, it's, people know it's going to be funny, but like, sometimes we're going to do other weird stuff, but people don't take us seriously. Um, so I was, I was thinking like, I wanted it to like be something stupid. So I, I was literally like just coming up with like stupid names. Like I, I don't even remember any of them right now. But then I'm like, why don't? What about like the the stupidest podcast? And like, I'm just like, at first I hated it. I wasn't really a fan of it. But then I thought about it for a little while. I'm like, well, people aren't gonna take us seriously. Like, if if we say something that people don't agree with, we'll just be like, okay, well, yeah. But what what was the source? The stupidest podcast? Okay, <laughs> that's the, the exactly like fuck off. You know? I don't know. I kind of like uh, the. Oh, let's see. What was the show with the uh, models? Runway. Runway. Runway? Project Runway? Yeah, Project Runway 9-11 edition. Oh. <laughs> That's a good podcast title. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's funny. <laughs> oh, that was that was too much for not worth it. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I, like, I like it. I, I, I didn't know that was a podcast. That's funny. It should be. Oh, it should be. That's, yeah. I got gotcha. you. Okay. That's funny. No, I I don't know exactly like it just I I thought of that that name and it just stuck and then we just went with it and obviously we're still going with it so yeah well if it works dude yeah I mean we're we got a decent amount of people that listen so I'm we're just gonna keep going with it yeah one of my favorite podcasts is called <coughs> Can You Don't Can You Don't <laughs> yeah, it was uh Dan Cummins and uh this guy Joe Pays later podcast called um Is We Dumb. <laughs> Which was just people doing dumb shit. Now they split off. And yeah. Dan Cummins could, didn't have time for it anymore or whatever. But they split off. Now the other one is Can We Don't. It actually just dropped today. It's hilarious. It's like, they always open up with like a would you rather question. Like, would you rather like wipe your friend's ass every day or have to eat shit every time? I don't know. Something crazy. Yeah. It's like what they started off with and then jump off of there. But it's, it's really interesting. They just talk about dumb shit. That's, that's good. We actually have a segment that we have called Would You Rather. And we okay. get, we ask questions just like that too. Yeah, I mean, I don't think they made it up. I've heard it a lot. Yeah, but that's just yeah. part of their podcast. Yeah, yeah. We 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 threw that in as a segment for when it's just him and I, and we we do it like I think it's three of them each episode. Yeah. But yeah, no, I I like that concept. Uh, one of the names that I had it was like the stupidest podcast, but I think it was literally like the stupiderest podcast, and I'm like <laughs> ah, it. 
it's funny just because like it's it's dumb because you wouldn't say stupiderist, but I'm like the stupidest podcast is good enough. And then I looked up like all the information, like is it a podcast? And I don't, I, I don't, I didn't see anything about a podcast, anything. And then I saw that the the domain was available, so we bought the domain for our website. So it's literally www.thestupidestpodcast.com, which is awesome. Um, super yeah. easy for people to remember. So if you guys yeah. ever want to check it out, just go <laughs> check it out. Uh, we are going to do an update of it though. It's not exactly what we want, but I was almost a web designer once. I have like almost a degree. Oh, dang. Yeah. We might uh, have you look at it and see what you think. I haven't been in school for three years. I probably wouldn't remember anything, but mm. it might be worth looking at it or no. Yeah. It was something where I was doing it and all of a sudden I was like, why am I like, I went to college because it was the next logical step. And then I got into it, and I was like, I don't fucking want to do this shit. <laughs> but I'd already committed, so I kept going and going, and now I'm a bunch. Now I'm in a bunch of debt, nah. much less debt. Yeah, thanks, yeah, Biden. yeah. That's dropped dropped ninety percent of my debt in one day. <laughs> nice, that's huge. Yeah, it's gone. It's crazy. It's like I owe less on my student loan now than my truck is worth. Oh wow, it's crazy. That's nice. Yeah, I, I like the fact that people are getting that. Um, it just sucks because I literally paid mine off two years ago, <laughs> so yeah. I don't I don't get any benefit from it. But I mean, it's it's still paid, so I'm I'm happy that way, I guess. Yeah, but would yeah. have been nice to have a little money though. <laughs> <laughs> Back pay. Yeah, I if if only they did that, that'd be nice. But do you have any other questions, or do you want to no. know anything else about us in particular? Anything about the podcast? Do you want to do a would you rather question? Do you want to? Uh, I don't care. We can do a would you rather question. I don't really have any more questions for you, so I don't. Okay, well, let's do a would you rather. So, would you? What was the first part? It was uh, would you rather. What was the one that you used as an example? I forget what it was today. <coughs> it was either you had to wipe your friend's ass every time they take a shit. Or I don't remember what the other one was. Well, let's come up with one, and then we'll we'll do it. All three of us. I think maybe it was. Or every time you have to go to the bathroom, you have to eat a piece of shit, something like that. Okay, let's do that. I would definitely rather wipe my friend. I don't want to eat shit. I'm terrible. <laughs> is it so? Every time you go to the bathroom, as in like pee or poop, or is it only when you poop you have to eat a little bit of that poop? I don't know. I couldn't hear. What was it? So the the question was, um, it's a would you rather question. So would you rather wipe your friend's ass every time they poop, or would you rather eat a little piece of poop every time you poop? I'd rather wipe someone's ass. <laughs> I had to reach in the toilet afterwards and break off a piece. It's gross. Yeah, I think I'm gonna wipe my friend's ass. <laughs> I think that. I can touch poop. It can't be any more different than me. But another one I remember that was great was, would you rather have feet for hands or hands for feet? Ooh. (laughs) I like that one. Did you hear that one, Vandy? Are you you having a tough time hearing us? Can't hear Joel that well. Oh, well, the sounds on on our end seem fine. Was I too far from the mic? No, you were fine on it, oh. like in my headphones so, and and on the recorder. Like, talk again. It's, uh, it sounds good to me over here too. Yeah, it's it's perfect on our end. Occasionally, you talk when he's talking, and I can't hear both of you. Oh, so it's all right. It is what it is. So, what was the question? 
It was like, would you rather have hands for feet or feet for hands? I think I'd rather have hands for feet. Why? I think it'd be because it'd be tough to pick anything up with feet for hands. Yeah, then you'd have four hands. Kind of cool. Yeah, but you'd have four hands and four feet. But what if you had four feet? You could be like a horse (laughs) or a dog. (laughs) Yeah, but then you have no thumbs. You can't pick anything up. I'm gonna learn how to do that all that stuff with my mouth. Go for it. I'm, I'm not like saying I'm not saying that's the way I'm I'm going. I'm just trying to be the I'm devil. I'm gonna be like an orangutan and be able to freaking climb almost anything. <laughs> I'd rather have a hand for a penis. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think another one was like, would you rather have? <clears throat> would you rather have sex with your mom and your wife's body or your wife and your mom's body? Oh, we've we've done that one. Here. <laughs> that's a uh, tough. We've, we've done some. That's we've fun. done some raunchy ones. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I, that's so tough. Cause you don't want the memory with your mom. Yeah. But it wouldn't really be that much of a memory for you because it'd be your girlfriend in your eyes. And then. But she looks like your mom. Yeah. Turn turn the lights off, maybe. <laughs> put a put a bag. I don't know, cause then you also got the body, and then you're gonna see your mom's body. Oh. <laughs> I love you, Mom, but not like that. That's an impossible, impossible. Uh, just suicide? Is that a question? <laughs> is, that the, is that the third answer? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's that's tough. I don't know. Okay. Do we want to get into the second second half of the the episode? Yeah, let's do it. All right. So the first part, um, we again, we have ten questions that we're going to be talking about more about comedy. So... The first part is, do you have any other hobbies outside of comedy that you feel might help with comedy? Well, I watch everything funny that I can find, stand-up, sitcoms, pretty much anything, podcasts. So I soak up a lot of that, and I think that kind of helps. I mean, I think maybe it helps and hurts. I may be a little overexposed. Mm. Like, I might find myself falling into a rhythm that I saw on TV or something. I really try not to, but I know that's an issue with some comics, but... Those are pretty much my only. I don't really have any hobbies. Uh, video games. I mean, I play Final Fantasy. That doesn't really help with jokes, but or women. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, I'd say just watching comedy and stuff. I used to go fishing, but I don't know. I've kind of lost that part of myself a couple years ago because of some events. But mm. I don't know. Maybe I'll get back to it someday. But I don't know. I haven't got myself back out since eh, for a while. Do you think that would help with comedy if you got back into it? When I was doing it, it kind of did because it was quiet and I could write and I could think of stuff, but eh, not really. Eh. Most of it's just time to myself to write helped. Mm. When I was, you know, two kids with my wife, it was, wasn't a lot of alone time in the house. But... Yeah. Yeah. I could definitely see fishing helping with writing for sure. Like, I don't know if it would help necessarily with stand-up itself, like, doing the actual physical act of it. Um, unless you, like, practiced, obviously, and you had other people there fishing with you. But yeah. um, I could see that. Yeah, because one thing that has actually really helped me, I know it sounds weird, but disc golf is actually helping me with comedy. And comedy is actually helping me with disc golf, which is weird, too. Um, but I just... 
it, it helps me because um, with my style, because I'm a, I'm a one-liner, and uh, <laughs> Joe's playing with the mic over there. Yeah. <laughs> um, but no, so since I'm a one-liner, <clears throat> it helps me in the fact that like I, I try to envision my set as if I'm playing a round of disc golf. And so if I have a, a bad throw in disc golf or if I have a bad set in comedy, I have another throw to help me out. I have another joke to help me out. Like if I have something that doesn't land, maybe they'll like my next one, you know? Yeah. So I just think of each joke as its own universe or I think of each disc as like each throw as its own universe and nothing before it matters, nothing after it matters. It's It only matters right here, right now. So like if I have a joke that lands, that's great. But I still got this next joke. Like, now we're on to the next one. This is the one that matters. So that's kind of the way that I've kind of looked at it. And it's helped me just kind of get through either a good set or a bad set. Yeah. So it, it helps a good set get better or a bad set hopefully get to at least decent. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, but do you think Final Fantasy would help at all? Like, do you think... Any video games, like, just... I'm playing Final Fantasy, I guess. You could think of your jokes as materia on your equipment because you can only have so much, and that's the nerdiest thing I ever said in my <laughs> fucking life. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah. I like yeah, it, though. That's about it. I mean, because, I mean, I don't know if you know Final Fantasy Seven, but there's materia, which gives you magic, and you can only have a limited amount, and you have to choose what... Oh yeah, because so. you you only have so many jokes that you could potentially say. Yeah, and but you, and have you only to... have so much time. Yeah, so, yeah, you have to fit into five minutes. And you have to figure out, and a lot of my jokes run into each other, so I have to tell them in a certain order. And if I don't, they kind of don't work, or I have to do something different. Yeah, or like if you say this joke, well, that goes well with this joke. So now I have to do these two jokes. Well, now there's three minutes or whatever if you have multiple jokes like that. Yeah, yeah. So that that could definitely be a factor. All right, Joe. Um, what is your favorite part of doing comedy, and what is your biggest fear? I my favorite part about doing comedy is having a good set. I mean, there's no feeling like that, and the people. I mean, like, not to make this a sob story and stuff, but I mean, I got divorced and all my friends disappeared. Like everybody just poof gone. Like mm -hmm. I haven't heard from most of them in months. Like they're just gone. And like I can go to comedy and like if I'm feeling bad and talk. Have fun, laugh, have a good time, and just kind of forget about all those problems. That's another thing doing comedy does for me is, especially like my pro, my my show, my feature show I had last week was a perfect example. I was freaking out. Like, where is everybody? I need to sell some tickets. But as soon as I get that mic, it's like, that's where I am. I'm there, and that's it. I even did karaoke afterwards and just blew off Bob and Sydney because I was so into it. <laughs> like, <laughs> sorry, guys. But they, they hung out, and I was just, like, singing my ass off. I sang, like, 12 songs. It was great. But, <laughs> Well, you'd fit in with Bandy and I. We we used to sing karaoke every week. Every Wednesday night, we used to sing. Yeah, I love singing. Mm -hmm. Singing is one thing I do. Comedy, see, I think it's being behind the mic singing is different for me because I don't care. Mm. Like, I'm just doing it for fun. I'm doing it for myself. I'm not doing it for the audience. I'm not doing it for anybody. And I happen to have a decent voice. But comedy, like, it's so much more personal to me. So, like, yeah. I really, I get more anxious and nervous about it, but singing is nothing. It's like, yeah, you just go out and you I just know. can do it. Yeah. Yeah. And I love it. And I like connect a lot of music to my life. So it's helpful. Do you think music helps with comedy? Cause it sounds like there's a, a big connection there. I know like for me, I'm not musically inclined. Like I can sing karaoke, but like it, that, that doesn't help me with comedy. I, at least I don't, I don't think of it that way, but like, I don't think so. It might help you with your 
self-confidence a little bit. Maybe just being on stage. It did help me, yeah, and just going and putting yourself out there. Yeah. Like, I heard, I had a musician friend who plays guitar and he sings, but he had told me, like, he couldn't do comedy because at least he has a guitar to hide behind. Yeah. Like, for us, it's just there with Mm -hmm. a mic in my hand. Like, yeah. No, do we, your thing. Yeah, we have like I have friends that like are in bands and stuff like that, and they say they can't do comedy because at least if they aren't having like a great night, like say they miss a part or like something got messed up, at least it got hidden in the other things. Yeah. Like if you're at a bar, people aren't gonna like, oh, I messed up that one bass part in one <laughs> song. Yeah. Like you're obviously it's it's huge for you, but like in all actuality that nobody probably noticed unless they're a bass player. They probably were like, Oh, what's, what was that? You know, like, but like how many bass players are going to be at that bar that night listening to that song? I don't know. Well, yeah. And that's another example. It's perfect in comedy. How many times people are like, why do you tell the same jokes over and over again? Why don't you tell jokes about current events? Like that's not how comedy works. Like, yeah. I remember we've had, we've had, we had one guy come in once and he's like, can I go up and tell somebody else's jokes? Like, no, no. what the fuck? No. no. <laughs> That's why I was really, there was a comic not too long ago that, uh, they had an idea for a cover show and I was like angry about it. Like I was yeah. like, no, you don't do that. And like, oh, music does it. Like it's comedy and music are two, are not the same thing. Yeah. Cover shows are not a thing that should be happen. No. Cause it's not your stuff. Yeah. And if it's a cover show and you're making money off of it, you're making money off of backs of other people, mm-hmm. which I mean, America, but <laughs> yeah, that's, you can't copyright is is huge and obviously like there's copyright on music too but it's not like as well it's crazy still in 2022 there's like there's still people that think well if another comic can tell the joke better like the mencia fucking thing luckily he lost everything he's actually back out touring though oh really yeah he's back in clubs but whatever that's i don't know too much about that but i know he stole a lot of jokes and kind of got shut down by rogan like as a video oh yeah yeah, we we talked about that in one of our early episodes about there was that. even people back then argue like, "Oh, he told it better. Why are you so mad?" Like, fuck that. Like, like that's not okay. Just because, like, yeah. if somebody told my joke better, I still wouldn't want them to t- say my joke. What's well, the big yeah. argument? Like, with I'll China sell you my stuff. joke. Like, they don't think intellectual. Like, China doesn't have the same idea of intellectual property. They just copy. They just take everything they see. Like, they mm-hmm. make fake iPhones and mm-hmm. fake everything. Like, it's what they do. Yeah. Chinese government's gonna kill me now. Um, <laughs> but. Yeah, I guess. No, I don't know where else I was going with that. That's about it. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's it's tough because, like, if you come up with a joke, like, and it's it's so hard to, like, wrap my mind around somebody, like, that is able to do something like that consciously and, like, be able to sleep at night. Like, taking yeah. somebody, like, that's, you're essentially stealing. I, I would much rather somebody steal something physical from me i don't actually do this i'm just saying like <laughs> please well and at our level it's different when you're a professional making money off it then you're taking money out of someone's pocket you're taking yeah. food out of someone's kids mouths i, w- I still don't think it's okay to steal as an open micer but it's, yeah. it's a whole different level of fucked up when you're professional yeah. well it's also it's still messed up because if somebody steals your joke and then they get famous on your joke yeah like, or obviously it's going to take more than one joke to get famous. But I'm saying like say they get famous but they got used multiple other sources so they like used say 20 other comedians stuff. Yeah. Like that's nuts, you know. I don't know. Vandy, are you still here? Okay, I I I lost you on on uh Zoom, so I was just making sure I still had you on the 
on the phone. Yep. Okay. I'm still here. Sweet. You want me to close Zoom then, or are you trying to get back on? No, that's fine. You can close it. I'll close it. Okay. Just curious. But... But yeah, I I don't I don't understand how people can steal other people's things. Like there's jokes where I've had where it's close to something else and I just get rid of it cuz I'm like, "Oh, that's too close," you know. Yeah. Like if I see it online and I hadn't said it before anywhere else, like if I said it somewhere and I know I said it before that thing got posted or whatever, then I would look into it and be like, "Okay, this is when I recorded it." Like to see who's actually got the stuff, you yeah. know. Yeah. Because I, I try to record myself or I have logs of my jokes as to when I wrote them. Like, since I've been writing since 2010, I have everything in either a PowerPoint, Excel, or Word. Oh, yeah. And so I have it written down and saved so I can tell you exactly when I wrote each of these jokes. So yeah, Well, my stuff's so personal, man. Someone has to live the exact same life in the exact same place doing the same things I did. I'm not really – my stuff's not exactly stealable for the most part. Well, I live in the same area, so I can do some of your stuff. (laughs) (laughs) But, you know, I I understand that, especially, like, being so personable. And, like, it's it's so nice to be able to do that. And that's one thing that I want to get better at is getting more of me into my stand-up. And I think that would just be a lot better. Um, Not only, like, for my comedy, but just, like for how I feel about comedy too, you know? Yeah. Like, I feel like I'd have a a better connection with the audience. I'd have a better connection with comedy itself. Like it would be, it would help. Yeah. But all right. What is your biggest regret in your comedy career so far? If you have any, Not sure. I guess maybe not taking it more seriously at the beginning, but I mean, a lot of that was, you know, I had a dying marriage to deal with at the same time. Mm-hmm. So that was kind of tough. But I mean, I guess it's not really a regret, though, because there's not much I can do about it. I don't know. There's not anything at the moment. Yeah. No. Um, well, that's good. Like, I, I feel like it's tough to have regrets, you know, because what you did or what had happened to you is. Yeah. is is what got you to where you are now. Well, I know trying to do an open mic after state hockey when it was uh, Duluth versus fucking St. Cloud, that was a ter- that was terrible. Well, I think it was Hermantown versus St. Cloud. It was like the two biggest hockey teams in this goddamn state. Mm. And we were at this, this pizza place, and it was packed wall to wall. And we're like, let's do it anyway. And this is back Danny had a little – or we had a little PA that we used. Where <laughs> it was, oh, it was terrible. Just screaming in the mic. No one was paying attention. Everyone oh. was wasted. That was bad. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's, that's got to be a tough show. <laughs> I mean, that, that's a tough show, but I don't know if you can, like, it, it's the circumstances. It's it's not something that you did that, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, there's nothing you could have done differently. Yeah, um, but I feel like now I probably would just pull the plug. I'm like, this isn't Yeah, just it. not do it. Yeah. I got gotcha. you. Vandy, I think I might have skipped your question. Did I do two questions in a row? You just did 13, right? I did 12 before you. Okay, I just wanted to make sure. I thought I had skipped you accidentally. But, but yeah, that's, uh, I understand that. That would be a tough, it'd be tough to come back from, 
you know like going to the next show like just having that in the back of your mind like yeah i think a lot, well happen? that's why i've heard like the first set's the hardest i think the first set after you bomb is the hardest yeah just dragging yourself back up there like all right that's not how it's always going to be we gotta shake this off yeah yeah no i i feel that one that is the hardest but sometimes it's the most rewarding yeah Especially if it goes well again, you're like, oh man, I don't suck at this. All yeah, right, cool. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. If you, I, I can't imagine um, having a bomb set and then going back in and then bombing again. That that would be tough. I I don't know if I've had that experience. Because um, like I said, when I did it, like when I bombed that one time and then stopped for eight months, the first time I did it was at Dubs that night. Yeah, and it went really well. And after after the show, like you guys came up and invited me to the one liner contest. I'm like, well, I must not have been terrible if they're inviting me to this contest, you know, like, yeah, it just made me feel so good and welcomed into the community. I was just like, okay, well now these guys are just bringing me to this new show. Like awesome. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. It's nice. We've been having those little shows going on. We can keep it going, get it in different places and different venues and, Make something happen up here. Yeah. I, I love what's going on so far, and I'm really hoping that we're able to get this thing at Black Bear. Yeah. Like, at this point, I don't know I have my kids. I'm, I'll am i be here until they're 18 at least, and, like, you know, I'll see my, I don't know if I necessarily see myself becoming a row comic, but even if it can just be, like, a supplemental income, it'd be yeah. nice to get some money out of it because, yeah. yeah. No, I understand that. That Producing those shows is a such a stressful thing. You don't think of it, but. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I I would love to have some sort of supplemental income from comedy, from the podcast, from disc golf, both. from both all three. If I include <laughs> disc golf, um, yeah, it'd be nice to to have something going. I guess it's a dream for everybody to get paid for what you love, but yeah, I mean, I also I, worry about the then does it become a job and I'm not going to love it as much. That's exactly the point that I was trying to, yeah, because. I the way that I do comedy, I write and I'll write for hours. I'll literally write for ten hours straight if I if I feel like I'm in the mood. Yeah. But if I'm writing and all of a sudden I'm I could be in the middle of a joke and I if it feels like work, I, I gotta step away. I'm like, okay, I can't do this right now. I, I don't want it to feel like a job. I wanna feel like I'm I'm doing it because I love it. And so I'll literally be working on a joke and I'll be like, Nope. I have to I have to call it right now. Yeah. Because I'll be there. I'll, I'll be writing a joke or, like, just working on a joke that maybe I would consider, like, a – because I rate all my jokes. I go zero to five. And so I'm, I'm trying to make all my jokes a five, obviously. Like, those are the – the five would be, like, stage ready. I'm not going to change anything. Four would be, like, it's stage ready, but there's still maybe some things I could work with. Three is like it's almost ready to be on the stage, but not quite. And then two and one are just kind of concepts, like yeah. levels of concepts of how I feel about them. And then zero is literally like one word where I'm like, there's one where I have Camp Snoopy. I want to do a joke about Camp Snoopy, but I got nothing. You know, Does Camp Snoopy still exists. No, well, it's uh, Nickelodeon Universe. Oh, now. okay. Yeah, so I, but I, I remember it as Camp Snoopy. So I want to do yeah, a joke about Camp Snoopy. Last time I was at the Mall of America, it was still Camp Snoopy. Well, okay, that was, that's know, been a while. Fifteen years ago, probably. Yeah, but yeah, so I, I just thought that would be like, I don't know. That's my thought, I guess. Yeah. But 
All right, Joe. Have you ever bombed? And if so, what did you learn from the experience? Yeah, I think I think doing this for any amount of time, if you don't bomb at least once, I don't know, you're probably not doing something right or you're not taking enough risks. But I definitely have bombed, and the way it helps is, I mean, it can hurt. Like, it can make you stop, not want to do it ever again. But then pushing through that shows you can do it, you know, and it's not going to always be like that. And one bad night doesn't make for a bad life, I guess you can say, but yeah, I've definitely bombed. I mean, the hockey thing, I bombed. I bombed this just yesterday. I just bombed, but I mean, I was like, I was out of it. I barely slept. I should have stayed home, but yeah, I think, I think bombing always helps because especially it helps to by getting yourself back up there. And sometimes like I watched Pete do it at that. I think that's when you learn the most. Yeah. And I watched Pete not bomb, but I watched Pete lose the audience and then get it back on Saturday, which was crazy, which is not crazy, but it's really cool to watch. Like, so even if, I mean, I've, even if you bomb on, say not your whole set, but one of your jokes bombs, like that's something you got to learn too, to just keep on, keep on moving. Don't like get in your head about it. So yeah, I think it is pretty, pretty helpful. Yeah. Yeah, I've learned a lot from bombing, and I feel like every comedian has learned a lot from bombing because you learn more about a bomb set than you do a a great set. Yeah. Obviously, the great sets feel great, but yeah, I, you, and you can still take lessons from those too because obviously, like, there's a reason it was great. So there's keep yeah. do, keep doing something like that. Obviously, it's going to be different because every audience is different, but I mean, there's something you can learn. Yeah, definitely. Uh, would you consider yourself a funny person off stage? I try to be, but not always. I mean, I I have my bad days where I'm down and just don't really feel like laughing or being funny at all. Like I, I don't know. I'd like to be. I try to be. I try to. I don't know. Like especially hanging out with comics, like messing around and making jokes. And, yeah. Yeah, but. Yeah, sometimes those are the the funniest times. Is like after the fact, and yeah. you're like just joking around, and you're at Pizza Luce or you're somewhere else. Like maybe you're just out on the patio, just talking. Yeah, and it's just it's just a great connection, and you get a joke, add jokes, like get punches and yeah. add tags and stuff like that. So it's it's a great time to like. I always make sure that I save room after comedy to to hang out, like. Even if I have to get up early the next day, I don't care. Yeah. I, I'm going to hang because... That's why it's nice. I work Monday through Thursday and I have Friday off. I got my kids at like 3. Oh, so nice. So I can sleep until 2, two o'clock in the afternoon if I really want to on Friday. Nice. That's yeah. cool. I'm the opposite. Friday is my Monday and Monday is my Friday. And so like Thursday nights, I can hang out like for the most part, but I have to work Friday. So, But yeah. the earliest I would ever have to work is 10 o'clock, so it's not not terrible. No. Yeah, it's not bad. But at my desk at six thirty every morning. Oh wow. Yep. That's early. <laughs> it's nice though. I'm done done with the sun still up during the summertime. But... Yeah. I remember I, I did that for a little bit, um, in between uh Black Bear and Black Bear. Um <laughs> I left I left for a little bit and yeah. worked worked at home and I had to be in like in the office ready to go by by I think it was seven o'clock. No. I had to get up by 7, so I had to be ready to go by 8, okay. but then we were done at 5. It was 8 to 5. Yeah. Yeah, I'm doing 6.30 to 5 right now. Okay. Those are some long days. Yeah, 4 tens is nice. Oh, but, nice. Yeah. That's that's same with me. I yeah. work 4 tens. Monday through Thursday. Yeah. That's, I'm, that's why Monday is my 
or Friday's my Monday and Monday's my Friday because I have Tuesday, Thursday or Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday off. Okay. So I do four tens unless I got to tweak something. I do an eight hour shift and a 12 or whatever. Yeah. But that's how I usually make it work for comedy stuff. Like either on a Sunday or if we were to do something on Monday or whatever, I just move hours. Yeah. It's nice. I always have my nights and weekends open. Weekends are different because I have my kids, but if it's a, you know, paid show, people are coming to, it's a little different. It's hard for me to do mics and stuff when I have my kids, but. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. You should bring them. Yeah. <laughs> I thought about leaving them at Curly's like a bait, like a daycare. <laughs> I don't know how, how great of an idea that would be. Well, they might learn how to smoke crack. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Joe, what is the most memorable night of comedy that you've had? And it doesn't have to be good or bad. It can be either. Or you can have a good and a bad story. I think it was my first time opening, probably, for a professional. I think his name was Mark Poulos. I think that was his name. I don't think he may go by a different name now. I don't know. He works. and He went to real estate for a while during the pandemic. I think he's back to comedy now, though. But I remember opening for him after, like, eight months. And, like, I had, didn't expect anything. Like, I was like, I just want to have make people laugh and have a good night and have fun. And he took me aside afterwards and said, you're good at this. You should keep doing this. Don't." And it felt really good to have a professional say something like that to me, especially that early on. Yeah. Which I think is really helpful. That's, that's like another thing I don't get about being competitive. And how can you do that in the cities where you argue with people and making, you know, packs? I don't know. This just sounds crazy to me. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I had a, a professional say that to me one time. Like, it was uh, Wendy. Remember uh, Wendy Mayberry? I don't know if you know her. Or yeah, not. I opened for her. Oh, okay, nice. I <laughs> I opened for her once too. And was she the one that said that? No. Oh, no, this, okay. I, yeah, I forget his name. Oh yeah, that, was, that long, was the yeah. that was the Mark pool Poulos, host. Yeah, yeah, Mark Poulos. Um, no, Wendy had some really great advice from me. Um, I I opened for her at River City one time. Okay. And I remember talking to her, and she was t- telling me all this stuff and like the things that really like stood out for me, because um, she asked me how long I had been doing it and. I hadn't been doing it a, a whole lot on stage at that point. Yeah. Um, maybe like seven, eight months or maybe a year or something like that um, at that time. And uh, she's like, you don't look it. Like you you hold yourself well on stage. You you have great jokes. Like you, you did very well. I would not have guessed that. I would have guessed a couple of years. And I'm like, oh, well, that makes me feel really great. Like <laughs> That makes me feel so good. Um, she's like, you definitely have things that you can tweak and edit and make better. And I'm like, oh, that's of course I, I appreciate that. Yeah. Um, I was wearing a Rams shirt, I believe, that day, and she suggested she's like, well, I would suggest not wearing any logos on stage because if you wear a logo on on stage, say it, whether it be a Vikings, Packers, Rams, whoever, it, it doesn't really matter. But if I wear a Rams and there's somebody that's a 49ers fan or a Vikings fan, they might automatically not like you. Or they might be drunk and just yell at you because drunk people suck. Yeah, exactly. So, like, that was one thing that I took. And sometimes I I use that advice, but, like, if it's an open mic, sometimes I, I ditch that one. Yeah. She actually, I mean, when I opened for her at Dublin's, that was my, my Dublin's opener. It was pretty awesome. I kind of, that was something I wanted to do the entire time, but doing comedy. Like it wasn't, I didn't make any money off it. It wasn't a big deal, but it was a per, more of a personal thing. But when I opened it, I opened for her and I, about three minutes into my set, lost my place. Didn't know where I was. Mm-hmm. Froze. 
got it back and finished my set well. And I hated it. I was like, oh, it sucks so much. And I was talking to her afterwards. She's like, I couldn't even tell. Like, it looked like you were just pausing like normal. Hmm. But to me, it felt like, I think it was probably 10 seconds. It felt like three years. Mm, yeah, <laughs> for like, sure. Shit, shit, shit. Mm. Where am I? Yeah, it was bad. But uh, I finished and it went well. So Yeah. Yeah, it's it's really nice getting advice like that from from comedians, like at any level, whether it be a professional level or an open micer. Like, I still love getting advice from all of you guys. Yeah. Like, I learned so much just from you guys too. Like, it's it's crazy. Yeah, I try to listen. There's a lot of stuff like I'm stubborn, so if somebody gives me an idea and I think a different way, I'm probably gonna go my way, just because I'm stubborn. But I don't know. No, I, I feel I feel kind of bad sometimes. Like comics think I'm blowing them off. I'm not. I'm listening to what they say. I just you don't necessarily need to. Take yeah, the advice, and what though. they say doesn't always work for my personality. Yeah. Well, yeah. I actually my I actually learned that lesson from my grandma because she literally every time she wants to like give me advice, she'll be like, "Yeah, you can you can take it or leave it. Like you don't have to use it." Like she'll say that almost every time. And I'm like, Grandma, yeah. I, I I want to hear your advice, and I I am gonna use it. Or I'm not going to use it, depending on what it is. But, like, I just feel like it, it, I love that she says it, though, because it's just so cute. Like, oh, you don't yeah. have to use this. And she'll, like, give me advice about comedy or disc golf. And she's like, but I don't know anything about those. I'm just kind of giving you advice and what I think. And Yeah, and I forget about my most memorable one. Another memorable, this is probably the most memorable one, actually. We did a show in Grand Rapids with uh, Patrick and Sydney and Danny and I. Yeah, yep. And my grandparents were from there. My grandma had just passed away, like, a month mm. before that. Yeah. So I got to do my set and dedicate it to my grandma and grandpa, which was really cool. I felt really that was, that was pretty cool. That is really cool. To a sold out room of like 200 people. That was crazy. Yeah. I It was nuts. <laughs> I saw pictures in a little video on that, I think, and it it looked awesome. Yeah, biggest crowd I've ever been in front of. That's cool. Yeah. That's definitely memorable. 200 people. That's a lot. Yeah, it was crazy and I couldn't get up on the stage cuz it was too high. Mm. Yeah. Uh Damn. Let's give it up for accessibility. <laughs> um, so obviously I kind of, I guess, answers the next question. Um, but we'll just kind of see if that's the coolest place or maybe the, maybe there's another cool place that you've performed. Um, or maybe that's not as cool because you, it was not accessible. So um, <laughs> where's the coolest place you've ever performed? I really like just the feel of Dublin's, I think. Yeah. It's always been... I can't. I mean, uh, Danbury was pretty cool, but that wasn't. You know, that was in front of a paid crowd there for a professional, so they were a good crowd. And that, that was kind of cool because I was on like a real stage in a real comedy room, so it was like the closest I ever got to a comedy club. Because Dublin's, I mean, we have the room, but it's not really a comedy club. I mean, it seats yeah eighty people, like whatever. Yeah. But it does have the feel of a comedy club, though. I just love Dublin's too because I like the bartenders. I know them and. <laughs> Cheap whiskey was always good. <laughs> yeah, other than that, I mean, I've really only performed Danbury, Dublin's, VIP, Average Joe's, and the one time at the Copacetic, fuck that place. <laughs> mm. Why, uh, 
why that because the owner's wasted and he like can't like it was it wasn't the greatest show like it wasn't a good it wasn't a good fit for our show oh, okay they came up he's like i can tell funny he's just wasted like oh. i'll tell funnier jokes with my buddies and then he's like those people in the audience you paid them all these comics suck and like talking shit about all the comics and i just like i was i wasn't having it i'm mm. like i wrote, wrote him this whole thing like i could put a negative review you fucking drunk fuck but i'm not going to yeah just say you shouldn't act like that with your customers i will never be back you can go fuck yourself like yeah uh yeah that's tough that's but really i've only yeah. performed in small plays i've never really performed anywhere big except for that 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 um uh brew house in grand rapids was definitely the biggest best show i've been on so it was mm. pretty cool too and it was a brand new room like you could still smell the paint <laughs> it was brand Dang. new yeah it was the only place i've ever been able i've ever gotten to drink for free as a comic <laughs> yeah and I had to drive two and a half hours home, so I didn't drink much. Yeah, that's, that's <laughs> tough. <laughs> yeah, I think the coolest place I've ever performed is uh, Madison Square Garden. Um, I'm sorry, it was in a square garden in Madison, Wisconsin. <laughs> oh, I'm just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> I performed at the deck, or on a deck. <laughs> <laughs> or on a deck. <laughs> One of the t- I can't remember. <laughs> All right, Joe. Where would you do a special if given the opportunity? I really like art. I really like Duluth. I mean, I'm, I grew up here. I've really not left here much. I wouldn't mind the, the orchestra hall or you know maybe the arena. I couldn't imagine performing in the round though in an arena. That seems crazy to me. But I mean, I would also like a two million dollar payday for one night. <laughs> but. I think it would have to be in Duluth. And it'd be, be kind of cool because I know we've actually looked into it. UMD is $3,000 for another auditorium and pay for staff. But that's a big gamble. Yeah, that would be. <laughs> I mean, we could stand to make like ten grand, but. Yeah, that's if we sold it out. Yeah. yeah. Um, that would be fun, though. That'd be an interesting. Yeah, and the North Shore. I saw Cloud Call at the North Shore. It's a really nice theater. That might be hard for comedy, though, because it's, like it's made for music. So it's like, mm. I mean, the balcony is and the stage is straight down. It'd be, it'd be tough. Yeah. But that'd be cool, North Shore. Yeah. Somewhere in Duluth. Even Dublin's just, like, at a little place like that. Because, like, this is where I started, and this is where I'm finally, you know, making something big here. But, mm-hmm. yeah, Plus, it'd be, a, it'd be a fun, intimate show. Yeah, and then, then I wouldn't do it in Superior because Superior's gross. <laughs> Got to rip on Superior. Oh yeah, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> so is there like uh a, like a like a like if you like were to obviously I I love the idea of Duluth, but is there a stage that you've seen maybe another comic do that you would maybe want to try? Red Rocks. Red Rocks would be amazing. Yeah, I would. I would like to just go there like yeah like regan's special was great there yeah bird did a special there which bill bird's fucking masterpiece his last special oh my god yeah just beautiful but <laughs> yeah that'd be pretty cool red rocks would be cool um fucking the atlanta stadium where uh kevin hart did his special was oh, pretty crazy. oh yes what that, next yeah what next is amazing i saw that in theaters Kevin Hart's like, uh, I don't hate him, but I'm not a huge fan. Like, mm. if I see him, I'll watch him, but I'm not like a Kevin Hart maniac. Like, yeah. Yeah. Like, Louis C.K., I can quote a lot of his jokes. Like, I, don't, I can't do that with... <laughs> with Hart. Yeah. Nah. I can do that with Regan. Brian Regan's my absolute favorite comedian. I can do that with him. 
used to do it way more but now that i'm like performing every week um it's tough for me to listen to comics like that i i want to listen to comics that i love but i also don't want to like grab their cadence or whatever i don't want to like grab like the way they say things especially mitch hedberg because i have one-liners and so does he so i don't want to like listen to him for hours and then the next set i do is mitch hedberg my my jokes but in his style you know yeah yeah i deliver my jokes pretty deadpan for the most part i'm not very animated it's something i'm kind of one to work on but on the other hand no i don't Mm -hmm. and that's something that i want to work on too because i want to start getting into like some jokes and stuff like that end up with um doing like act outs and stuff like that and I do have a few, like, jokes that I have like that. I just haven't done them yet. Yeah, the I most just... I do is I have, like, sometimes I'll cut the mic or, like, talk differently into the mic and make, make yeah. sound effects with the mic. Other than that, I don't really do anything mm-hmm. special. Which one way I want my jokes to stand on their own, but another way it's better for crowd interaction, too, if you're more moving around, I guess. Yeah. Well, especially, like, I love comics that are animated, and I love comics that can sing and, like, like include like other things like i love that stuff Bo, like man bo oh. burnham is amazing um flight of the concords amazing like i remember that Stephen special Lynch. that special i first started coming out right when we first do i started doing comedy again and that put your fucking hands up was like our was like my life at the time like we're going to go where everybody i was so depressed i was in the middle of my divorce everything was so bad but i was going to a place where everybody knew me and i knew everybody you know it was gonna be awesome Life's still not fixed, yeah. but this is but yeah, the whole it, thing it, special. That's what the whole song's about, really. Yeah, yep. yeah. And it's got my favorite line. You say the ocean's rising. Well, should I give a fuck? Um, I forget how it goes. You say the ocean's rising like I give a shit. You say the world is ending, honey. It already did. Yeah, I'm saying mm, that. that's yeah. You're Damn. not gonna stop it. God knows I tried. Got it good. Now get inside. That's kind of how it was for me for like a year. I just wanted to shut myself off, and so that special spoke to me like in a extreme way when it came out. Yeah, for sure. Damn. And welcome to the internet's the shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That special, it's insane. Like, yeah, he released a new one. Yeah, with like all of the extra. Uh, yeah, but I yeah. never. I haven't. I don't know. It's such a prolific special to me. I don't know if I want to ruin it with. I don't know if that'll ruin it or not. Yeah, I, I, I've I've thought about li- like watching it too. I actually have it on my to watch list on YouTube, um, but I just ha- I've I've started it, but I haven't finished it yet. I still, when I get depressed, I still sometimes the song "Here Comes That Funny Feeling" pops into my head. <laughs> so real, man, it's crazy. Yeah, yeah, that's a that's huge on Reddit too. People love that special yeah. on Reddit. Yeah, it was kind of a mind fuck. Yeah. But yeah, I love comics that can do all that kind of stuff. Like Stephen Lynch was a huge one for me. Yeah, what happened to him? I don't know. Like he was. Yeah, he had fucking Special Olympics. It's one of the best songs ever. Yeah. Watch them run. Watch them fall. Watch them try to catch a ball. Olympics. <laughs> <laughs> Around his neck, gold medals hung, resting on his giant tongue. Olympics. <laughs> <laughs> so awesome. 
Yeah, I know. Like some of his stuff was pretty, pretty out there, like raunchy and. Daddy stuff like likes that. porno and ten dollar <laughs> whores. Daddy gets wasted and robs liquor stores. Daddy likes rubbing against little boys on the bus. <laughs> And I think that's why your mommy left us. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Stephen Lynch Christ. is amazing. I don't know whatever what, where he's at. Yeah, nowadays. he just kind of disappeared. Maybe he was like, I mean, but I don't know if his material would be acceptable today. I, yeah, I don't think it would be acceptable today. Yeah. Just Especially because, Special yeah. Olympics. Yeah, that Jesus one was Christ. yeah, it was hardcore. Yep. <laughs> but I remember I I listened to that like. He was one of the first comedians I remember watching on Comedy Central. Yeah, his, I saw his uh, was a half hour special. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Comedy Central presents. He was, but their hours were like forty minutes because they advertise every yeah. fucking seven seconds. But yep. I'm so glad. I'm so glad I left cable behind me. <laughs> I even paid for ad free Hulu because I'm not doing it. Oh yeah, fuck commercials. Yeah, <laughs> I I still have commercials on my Hulu, but that's because I get it free with. Spotify? Spotify, yep. I did, but I let it run out, and then they oh. didn't have the deal anymore when I went to renew. Dang. Goodbye. Yeah, man. I, 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 that's why I like I like being a one-line comic, because like, that's what I know how to write, and it's it's easy for me, but I want to expand into other things. Like I would love to be able to do a song, but I, I'm not musically inclined so i don't know how to do that and i um, want to do like accents and stuff but i'm like i'm gonna feel stupid so I don't yeah know. exactly like and i want to do impressions but i can't do that so like i have jokes about that and like the fact that i actually don't have jokes yeah, about well that. a lot of the shit you're gonna have to take a risk and maybe fail a couple of times yeah to figure it out so that's that's also a hard thing to do when i know when like when it's something i really gotta try to avoid when there's a big great crowd i'll mm-hmm. revert to my known shit and yeah. not do anything new because I want to have a good show, but that's kind of poison after a while. Because then you'll just do the same shit forever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I I do want to take some more risks and and do stuff like that. Um, because it has paid off in the past. Like I've done jokes that are thirty seconds or a minute, which is obviously a lot different from my typical five to ten second jokes. Yeah. Um, so I want to try to figure out different things. I just need to start taking the risks. Yeah, that's the hard part. Because then, yeah, if you take the risk, sometimes it'll pay off. But then other times you're going to talk to the comedians afterwards and they're going to be like, what the, f- what was that? <laughs> but yeah, some, it'll be worth it. I got to try it. I've had a few of those conversations, especially Chad. He'd be like, you shouldn't say that. And like some of my best jokes, Chad was like, never say that out loud. Like, fuck you. I'm just do it anyway. Like, <laughs> don't tell me what to do. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, there's a couple jokes where I wanna I wanna see if it's it's good, but I just got to do it, you know. Yeah. Yeah, that's the hard part. Yeah. Yeah, because I can tell people off stage, but it's not the same. Well, it's like anything. I wanna I wanna invent my own social media and become a billionaire. I just got to do it. Yeah. Just gotta yeah. do it. Trump tried. Didn't work. <laughs> it didn't trump Facebook. <laughs> nice. I like it. All right. What do you normally wear on stage? Would you like to change? And if so, what would you like to wear? I wear black pants and a t-shirt or black pants and a hoodie. That's all I wear everywhere. That's what I wear to work. That's what I wear to funerals. (laughs) I might might throw in a button-up shirt, which I did on Saturday. And uh, the whole fucking show, it was off one button and no one told me. So Mm. that's cool. You hear me, I, Dustin? I, you hear me, Dustin? You're laughing about it. You should have told me. <laughs> I saw that in the feed. I was like, why didn't he say something? 
That's funny. I mean, maybe it, maybe it made the show, you know? Maybe that's... Yeah, I mean, it's probably not even noticeable. It's a black shirt with black buttons. So you, oh, yeah, yeah, that's that's fine. That's funny, though. <laughs> we'll say it did on purpose. Make people laugh. Never yeah, mind. there you go. Is there something that you would, like, would you like to change that? Or is it something that you, like, are just comfortable in? So you just... You know, it might be kind of cool. It had to be a bigger show and a longer set. It might be kind of cool to go out in a suit. Because, I mean, I guess I don't hate dressing up. It's just I don't really find a need for it. Okay. Like, why do I need to look good at someone's funeral? Like, why do I need to look good? I don't care. Like, at work, I'm semi-formal, so I have to look decent. But mm-hmm. I don't I don't get when people are like, oh, I spent $200 on this shirt. Like, oh, no. Man, I could have got a half ounce of weed for that. Like, what the hell? Yeah. <laughs> what? No, 200 bucks is for a shirt. No, I... I... Shop the clearance section at JCPenney. Well, I actually had somebody, one of the comics here, I won't name him, I guess. I don't, I mean, I'm not trying to talk shit about him, but they said, like, dressing up isn't for you, it's for the other people who notice you. Like, I refuse to jump through fucking hoops to make somebody like me, and including wearing clothes to make them look at me. Fuck yeah. that. Like, I'm not doing that. No. Like, which may be why I'm still single, but <laughs> I'm sticking to that. I'm not, I'm, I'm myself unapologetically everywhere and i'm not gonna stop doing that and i i agree with you i'm on your side on that because i do the same thing i like to wear what makes me comfortable and i am trying to layer different things on stage like just to kind of test things out but most of my adult life trying to be different for someone who's trying to force me to be different Mm. and now finally i have this thing where i can just be like you know what i don't give a shit what anybody thinks i'm gonna do what i want i'm gonna say what i want and i don't know yeah well, I, I appreciate you being you. Cause that's that's what I'm trying to do. I, if people don't like it, they don't like it. So, whatever. Yeah, it's on them, not me. Pretty much. Yeah, that's their problem. Yeah. Forget who said it. Um, I think it may have been Louis C.K., but it's it's none of my business if you like me or not. Yeah. Because number one, that's their private thoughts, and number two, who gives a shit? Yep. Like, yep. it's none of my business what you think of me, really. Mm-hmm. But I'd say it's hard, though, sometimes. I mean, I mean, everybody wants that people to like them, but there's you're never going to please everybody. Yeah. There's no way of doing it. Like, there's going to be something that you do. Even if it's, like, the best thing, there's going to be somebody out there that's like, well, fuck that guy for doing that. And you're like, oh, well, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Now, you could probably volunteer, like, a hundred percent of your time outside of work and somebody would find something wrong with it. Yeah. Well, you got to do some personal time. You got to, I don't know. I'm just (laughs) throwing that. Like, I don't know. You know what I'm saying? Like somebody's going to bitch about something. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Pretty much always. Who cares though? Just be you. That's all you can do. Well, yeah. And being the other person didn't even work. They're just fucking around behind my back. So it didn't even matter. So it's like, it taught me like, why the fuck would I ever do that again? It doesn't matter. Nah. In the end, it doesn't fucking matter anyway. Yeah. Like, in the end, it's about you because you're you in the end. And you're not anybody else, and you only have your own life to live. So. Yeah. Yeah, I, anytime I'm thinking about stuff like that, I always go to – there's a, a Moonlight song. The Moonlight Community it has a song called Nothing, and I always listen to that song whenever I'm feeling like that. Um, what, one of the lyrics is, no, 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 nothing matters anyway. And I, I'm terrible singing, so I, I, it's way better in the song. But they say nothing matters anyways. And you can take that in a positive or a negative. I always take it in a positive. Like, okay, sure, you had a bad set, but nothing really matters anyways because 
that's in the past. Like just move forward and, yeah. and you're good. Um, well, it's like I talk about doing drugs and about making bad decisions and being a felon. I've talked about that on stage. Like people are like, why are you talking about that? Aren't you embarrassed? Like why? Mm-hmm. Like, yes, I'm not proud of it, but I can't change it. It happened. Like yeah. it happened and I have to move on. And for me joking or talking about it and openly is how I work, I work through it, mm-hmm. which doesn't always work either. I'm still working through shit every day, but I think we all are really. Yeah. Well, as long as you're continuing, continuing, continuously like working through it. Well, I mean, even a couple months ago, I just jumped back into therapy for like four weeks and then stopped again. Well, just, even that four weeks, I'm sure it helped. Yeah. I just don't, I mean, at a certain point you kind of got to kind of just become saying the same thing to the same person over and over again. You kind of just got to take the advice and figure it out yourself. But yeah, it's, it's been helpful. It mm-hmm. probably, probably saved my life a couple of years ago. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I know. I, I listen to Pete Holmes a lot and he talks about how even if you don't think you need it, you probably need it. Yeah. I remember the first time I was like resistant. And then I think I cried for an hour and a half. So okay, yeah. <laughs> it was intense. Yeah. It was really intense because you just really kind of go through shit that you should have gone through already. But we don't. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm, I've I haven't had that experience, but I know my family. They they go through some of that stuff, and it's helped them immensely. Yeah, it's one of my favorite quotes. Is um, there's always going to be somebody suffering worse than you that doesn't make your pain invalid. Yeah, exactly. So. I've I've heard that too. My buddy told me that, and yeah. I think he might have he might have gotten it from his therapist or something. Because I take that all the time, like because I'll, I'll I'll complain about something, and then I'm like, oh, I I, sh- I shouldn't complain about this. Like somebody's got it worse than me, you know. And, and it goes the other way too. And people are like, oh, I hurt myself, but you have a disease, so I know it's worse for you. Like you don't need to say that. Yeah, I understand it is, but it doesn't matter. And you're just drawing attention to my disease to benefit yourself which is kind yeah. of selfish yeah <laughs> yeah yeah because like you'll you'll go through something and then because there was i was going through a, a rough patch um and i was like trying to talk to people i was talking to my mom i was talking to my my family members my friends or whatever and like some people were helpful and then some people were like oh well i'm going through this and you're like you know, or get over it which i actually wrote jokes about it. yeah and i'm yeah. like oh okay well you're not listening you're just yeah. And I had another guy tell me like, "Oh, I think therapy is for you know weak people, but it's okay if you do it." So like, you just called me a bitch, man. Like, yeah, you just called me a weak person. Like, <laughs> like fuck you. Yeah. Like yeah, and then go home and fucking beat your kid because he didn't make the NFL. You fuck. Yeah. yeah. I, I don't understand it. I feel like therapy is helpful. Like there, there should be no bad vibes with that. Like you're trying to help yourself. You're trying to help people around you. Like you're doing a good thing. Like. I don't know. I I feel like I kind of like would like to go just to see what it's like and see maybe there is something that I'm not so, like I'm not conscious like conscious about like maybe my subconscious is like holding on to something that I don't know about. You know? And they can dig it it's out. It's usually something in your butt. Well, there's been a lot of things. Um, <laughs> are we talking about today cuz I can name four. Um <laughs> just kidding. Uh, I should have told Josh and Shan not to eat those cucumbers. <laughs> <laughs> but all right, Joe. Um, if you could open for any comedian, who would you want to open for? Um, 
be pretty sweet to open for Mark Norman. It'd be pretty cool. Any of those big shows, you know, Gaffigan, anyone that does a, any arena, it'd be, a, it'd be a, uh, nuts to perform in an arena. I couldn't imagine 20,000 people. It's fucking ridiculous. Yeah. Uh, but I think really it might be Rogan Seguro, somebody from that group, because I feel like I'll meet a lot of them. Like, that's yeah. kind of, that's the biggest thing. I'd really love to meet these comedians. Like, yeah, I don't know. It's hard to say. Louis C.K., Mark Norman, Dave Chappelle. Joe Rogan, Tom Segura, the list will never end. I can't imagine being able to meet these guys and like see them and perform with them. That, any that would be any the of huge those thing. multi, you know, worldwide touring, first like you know top top tier comedians. Yeah, yeah. I don't think I think of anyone specifically. I mean, Robin Williams, but it'd be pretty weird to open for a coffin. I mean, you could try. <laughs> I mean. Maybe they could just play, like, have him, like, in the coffin, but they'll play his material. Yeah. Because you could, you could still open for that. Or like a jack, hook him up like a jack in a box, like, get off stage and, like, kick the, kick the, um, casket open. It's like, hey, hey! <laughs> <laughs> Everyone, ah! <laughs> oh, they, fun. they got him dressed up like the genie from Aladdin. Yeah. <laughs> like, catapult launches him over the crowd, so he's flying. <laughs> Yeah, they they'd remember you, I think, too. They'd be like, "So you were the guy that opened for that?" <laughs> I don't know. I'd be tough though, because that would take the cake. That would like people would remember that. I don't know if they would remember the opener. Yeah, I don't know. A dead body flying through the air might bring a comedy show to a screeching halt. That might. Yeah, that might. <laughs> you you actually might be the the highlight of the show. Then you you'd have a great set, and then they'd realize that the horror what is what to come and then they'd be like oh yeah i really liked joe's set now yeah <laughs> oh. like you think you bombed but it was really good compared to what he had dead body trebuchet <laughs> yeah i never thought we would talk about about that on the show <laughs> i like it <laughs> there's a lot of stuff we talk about on this show that i never thought i'd talk about but i like it yeah well sweet i think that's that's all the the comic questions we have for you um is there any like because we're gonna start getting into the dedication is there anything that you think that you would have liked us to ask or anything else that you want to talk about re- regarding comedy or the comedy scene in Duluth? Well, I mean, not not really much more than we already talked about. I mean, the support of him is great. Um, I mean, I don't always get along with everybody, and I'm sure a lot of people don't agree with what I say a lot of the time, but I feel like we got a really good group of people here. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, I don't know. It's a, If anybody local is listening to the show, September 30th, we got that roast battle. That's going to be awesome. That's going to be so fun. Yeah. But, yeah, I don't know. I don't think there's anything else. Really, I just, I grew up loving comedy, and I've continued to love it, and I will continue to. So, I don't know. Maybe in a year we'll do this, and I'll be fucking featuring some club. Yeah, that'd be sweet. <laughs> in a year? Yeah, okay. Well, maybe. I mean, yeah. who knows? In a couple weeks, you could be on Kill Tony. That happened once. Yeah. Or, like, yeah, she. I could fucking right off of her fame when a professional comic comes to get her i'll just hold on (laughs) (laughs) Uh. 
Well, sweet. Well, I think we uh, got to that time of night then. Vandy. How long of night is that? Well, it's the the dedication. We're going to dedicate each of our episodes to a comedian. And uh, normally, Vandy and I choose the comedian, but every time we have a guest, we like to have the guest decide who they want to dedicate their episode to. So, Joe, who would you like to dedicate this episode to? Uh, Robin Williams. Robin Williams. Why do you want to dedicate to Robin Williams? Because he's the first person I saw comedy. He's the one that really sparked that thing in my head that said, oh, maybe I can do that. I remember how dirty he was. I remember, like, because I'm used to... You know Robin Williams. He's a Disney Robin Williams. Yeah. Yep. And I think he said fuck five times in the first ten minutes. I was like, holy <laughs> shit. This is crazy. Like, and then I was like, but because to me stand-up was dorky 90s dude in a fucking sport coat with the rolled up sleeves and stupid jokes. Like, comedy was never something. I didn't really see it as that much of a thing. I thought, you know, really only the famous people are doing what I like. But, I don't know. Comedy's been turned out to be a whole lot more than that. And his, yeah, his... Special showed me that. And how you could talk about your life. Like you talked about, like I said earlier, you talked about like having a hard time peeing as an old man. He talked about uh, just his life. He was yeah. the first celebrity that passed away that I actually got teary-eyed over. Yeah, he's like one of the only ones. That, that and well, I, I probably shouldn't admit this out loud, but Chester Bennington, that one really hit me hard too. Because mm. I grew up so, so closely listening to that band. But yeah, I think yeah, he's definitely missed. And, and a lot of his quotes, like... I think he was the first one I heard say um, some of the most religious people you ever meet are the most judgmental people you ever meet. Yeah. And I heard him say things like, um, like somebody can smile on the outside but be dying on the inside, which is yeah. what happened to him. Like, mm-hmm. and I mean, I think we're all guilty of that. I do that probably seven out of, or six out of seven days a week sometimes, but. Yeah. That's, he's definitely like quotable and he's got some, some heavy heavy stuff too like that like that's yeah yeah and he was really great in death the smoochie yeah, I don't know if you've ever seen you guys ever seen i don't know if you've ever seen death the smoochie but he played a really great character i love movie. yeah i love that that <laughs> yeah <laughs> the fucking fake rocky guy <laughs> i love that movie it's so yeah. good yeah it wasn't that uh what's his name i can't think of his name ed right norton now. yes ed norton yep yep that, uh, was, that was that was a very good movie it's been a while since I've seen it, but I, I like that. Yeah, and his voice and stuff are crazy. Well, and I also hear, you know, back when he was, like, doing Mark and Mindy and stuff, and he's like, ha, 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 runner. He was on so much cocaine. Oh, yeah. Like, so much cocaine. <laughs> yeah. Like, that's why he was so – but, I mean, still, at his older age, is not on cocaine. He still had that energy, but it wasn't as manic and crazy. It was more controlled. And, yeah. Yeah, but, yeah, Weapons of Mass Distraction is a really good special, too. <laughs> I think that's what it's called. Weapons of mass I, distraction. I, yeah. I think that's what it's called, yeah. yeah. The other joke's about, like, uh, I think he talks about, like, oh, how did we know that Iraq had weapons? How did we know that Iraq had weapons? Because we had the fucking receipt. <laughs> and that was, <laughs> no, that was Bill Hicks. That was Bill oh, Hicks. Oh, okay. <laughs> was Bill Hicks. I was going to say, I feel like I've, I've heard that one. I didn't know if that He's was another comic I forgot to mention is Bill Hicks. I've, I've really only seen, I think he did one special, and I've seen, like, little sets of his that were on, like, Comic View and stuff. He was like, that's another kind of comedy I really like to give in, get into is dark shit, like highlighting dark shit, which is, I have a joke about suicide and I have the joke about depression. So I like highlighting those really dark things and making them funny because yeah. it gives them less power. And I think mm-hmm. that's another thing Rob Williams did is he brought dark shit to light and yeah, yeah shit loses power when you laugh at it. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, they say comedy is tragedy plus timing and obviously like. 
some of this stuff you gotta wait but like all all this you need to like have that time sometimes like obviously you can't do jokes about like super tragic things that just happened because yeah kobe bryant that didn't work out very well yeah yep my God, that's funny. Are you? <laughs> Kobe Bryant. Yeah. Yeah, you got to wait for for some of that stuff to to get that that timing down. <laughs> yeah, I heard that it was. Uh, I think it was Dave Attell or Lewis. No, um, John Stewart. Like the day after nine eleven, they were making nine eleven jokes in New York. But that was different. That was a yeah, big wow. thing. Brought a lot of people together. But. Mm-hmm. Those are the stories you hear about on Louis C.K. Like, I mean, I don't want to steal his joke. I, I don't want to fuck up his joke, but he has a joke about, like, um, it's like, I don't want to fuck a dead kid, but if I found one in the field and it wasn't raining, I might give it a try. Like, that joke got him banned from, Jesus. that joke got him banned from SNL for life. Oh, I, yeah. <laughs> yep. Dang. Yeah, I guess I didn't know he said that joke. That's yeah. nuts. Yeah. Well, he also he, he says that... the N, he says the N word in one of his jokes. That's one. That's one of my favorite jokes. Okay. So, did, so like did... he just wishes he could say it. Like I walked out of the place and, and I, it was a white guy made my coffee and all I could think was that N word made the shit out of my coffee. <laughs> like, <laughs> and it's like and he like hits a deer and he talks about it. he's like uh. It's like, I hate deer. They're so stupid. They run in front of your car. Like, I hit one the other day, and I just, like, leaned over my window and yelled, you stupid N-word cunt deer. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, jeez. Did he, like, say? Yeah, he he said said the word, yes. That was was his, like, that was when he was, like, top of the world, $100 million movie Louie. Oh, wow. Yeah. That was probably right towards the end of his. Yeah, once, yeah. Yeah. Once the thing, once the shit hit the fan. Yeah. Now he's back. Yeah, I mean, did he? So did he say that joke on SNL then? The dead kid one. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Yeah. That but one... I think he said have sex because on one Whoa, of his, yeah. he put it on a special where he said fuck. But yeah, um, yeah you can't say that on SNL. Yeah, but, I, yeah, I feel like that alone would have probably gotten him banned for. A well, while. I think they banned him once and then they brought him back and they told him not to do something. And he just mm-hmm. like ah fuck it and he just did it. Now he's <laughs> he can never go back. But he's Louis C.K. Man, he's got yeah. he's Louis. Yeah. Yeah. And... Robin Williams has been in so many movies, and it's crazy how different his movies are. Yeah, and I didn't know that whole time he was touring comedy, too. The yeah. whole fucking time. Like, yeah. almost his whole life, up until, like, weeks before he died. That's crazy. That's yeah. so much comedy. And, like, he, that was another thing that really inspires me. I can't do it, but apparently he's like Jay-Z. He never wrote anything down. Yeah, I heard Which, that. I don't know if I believe that about Jay-Z either, but if that's true, holy shit. Yeah. Cause <laughs> if you can do it at that level and never write anything yeah. down, like he's also was known for maybe stepping on other people's jokes on I've, accident, I, but I, yeah, I don't know. I see him as maybe, maybe I just see him with rose colored glasses, but I, he seems like too good of a dude to do that on purpose. I was going to say, I don't, I've heard that, but I've, I've heard he also didn't do it on purpose because he didn't write his yeah. stuff down. Yep. Um, he would hear a joke and think he might've said it at one point. And so he he apologized to anybody like that he ever did it to, or at least from what I've heard and read. But yeah, he used, stories to, cut, about, he used to cut people checks. Yeah, I was gonna yeah. say that. I heard a story about one time he was like, "Oh, sorry about that," and just give some give him some money. Yeah, like that's that's I that's some that's I think ethics at its purest right there. Yeah, yeah. Like, hey, I'm I'm sorry. I didn't try to do that. Like, here you go. Here's what you deserve. That'd be a dream job, man. A comedy writer. Oh my god. Except that. it would suck because you're always in the background and people are using your jokes. Yeah. But like to sit and write on like 
a sketch show or something. It'd be so cool. Just a, in a room full of fucking comedians. Mm-hmm. Comedians are my people. Like yeah. us. Yeah. We're all a little fucked up. <laughs> no, I, I've always thought that would be the best job is to do be a comedy writer. You just write and write and write. Yeah. Like I, I wouldn't want to write for like uh well, write for someone like Conan or somebody yeah. who raises you up. Or I guess yeah. um, Lauren Michaels is really good at that too. Yeah. Apparently, I don't know much. I don't watch SNL anymore, but yeah, you wanna you wanna write for someone who's gonna raise you up, not hold you down because you're writing all their jokes and they mm-hmm. don't want to suck. Yeah. Like, <laughs> and I, that's I, jealousy comes in. I think. Yeah, and I wouldn't want a quota. You know, I wouldn't want like, hey, I need sixty jokes about this. Yeah. Like, I would I would want to write about material, like about a thir- certain thing, but I wouldn't yeah. want to be like, hey, you need this many jokes. I'd be like, okay, you're going to get a lot of shitty jokes because I need to get to that number. Like, I don't know. Maybe you'd be able to write decent jokes, but like that's not, the roast my, thing, that's not how I do it. Like the, the covering for the Comedy Central roast, that'd be cool. Like uh, It'd be cool to just sit in a room with like Tony Hinchcliffe and Nikki Glaser and listen to them talk because yeah. they're fucking awesome. But Tony Hinchcliffe is too fast, like too quick. It, it like that the show, like with Sydney, is like giving him PTSD. Like that line was just so fucking quick and so crisp. Yep. Like Jesus Christ, yeah, he's great. He's, he's Tony Hinchcliffe is another comic I didn't see. The list never ends. Yeah, I'll, ne- I'll never be able to finish it. Yeah, just you could. <clears throat> we could keep talking for hours, and I'm sure you, we could always just come up with more and more and more. Yeah. Like I'm probably gonna re-listen to this and like write down the ones that you, uh, that you wrote down that we haven't talked about, so we can talk about them like a little bit more on the the podcast. Yeah. Because we've talked about a lot of comedians, but there's some that you've mentioned that we haven't mentioned because there's so many. Like, yeah. There's so many good. We're in, we we have to be in the heyday of comedy right now. I just hope it doesn't end before I can get in on it. Yeah, yeah. Because I guess like this happened before in the '80s, and then the '90s were shit. Mm. Like the comedy store almost went out of business. Like comedy clubs are closing all over the country. Like it was like basically like depression. It was like comedy depression, and then it all kind of came back after like 2000, 2001 mm-hmm. with Dane Cook and yep. social media starting and. Well, yeah, Dane yeah. was huge in getting that back. Well, MySpace, he would sit for like 12 hours after a show and answer messages on MySpace. Wow. Which, and then he'd get all these people on mailing lists and mail out, I'm coming to your city and sell out. And then his brother-in-law stole everything from him. Yeah, that's insane. Fuck, man, how do you not murder somebody? <laughs> I remember him saying, though, it was really cool. He said, like, after that, he had 500 grand and in some investment. He's like, I took it and started renting theaters. And now he's back to his doing all right again wow that's good yeah that's awesome we actually might see dan cook special not too long nice that's really cool i didn't know about that might be interesting but i don't know just rumors well i mean sometimes rumors come true the Chappelle thing was rumors for like six months and everyone's like oh bullshit he's never coming back and then he came and released four four of the best goddamn hours in history (laughs) yeah in fucking one year jesus christ yeah yeah everybody thought he was done for a long time. Well, that was one of my favorite. I love his joke where he's like, you know, when you quit one of the one of the most popular shows on TV, they don't just say have a they don't just say have a nice life. Good luck. Yeah. Like. <laughs> yeah, they probably make it impossible for you to do anything. Yeah. Yep. But yeah, but when you're that gifted, it's hard to kill somebody. Yeah, oh, I can't yeah. imagine. He was in comedy clubs at 16. Like I can't imagine. Like yeah. Man, at 16, I couldn't tell. I mean, I was also snorting a bunch of pills. But I don't know if I could have told jokes at 16 in front of people. Yeah. Uh, in front of people, no. I was probably coming up with jokes. Like, 
not even I wasn't writing, but I was like maybe trying to be funny. But there's yeah. no way I'd be able to do it on stage and like maintain people's attention. The I think whole time. it was uh, I think it's Norman too. I think he started when he was like 18 or 19. Wow. Yeah. Nope, I couldn't do it that young. And Norman's a good example. He's been a touring comic for like a decade, and I didn't know his name till three years ago. Yeah. And now he's well, yeah, they, he, now he's blowing the fuck up like one of the most calm. Yeah. Well, they say it popular comedians takes about ten years. Yeah, but I mean, I think he was a professional for ten years. Like, oh, he's been, I He's gotcha. been like, he has stories about like touring with uh, Patrice O'Neill. Wow. Yeah. So he's been around for a long time. Yeah. But I guess that's New York. New York, you can work fifteen little clubs a week and make enough money to survive, but you know you're not on TV. Yeah. Yeah. So huh. he's running into big names all the time though, too. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah people easier. are people are always in New York. Yeah, I know it's funny that one of the clubs there, that like the biggest club in the world, most popular, like the cellar. Mm-hmm. I can't go. No. There's oh, fucking cement stairs into a basement yeah. <laughs> god damn it yeah someone throw me down the stairs I don't... you need to have that elevator that that's <laughs> that's a tough part with a lot of like places like the keller has stairs acme has stairs yeah, but no I'm... man once i get robot legs i'm gonna be a professional immediately yeah i don't know but, <laughs> but... Well, as, as reminds me i uh Cindy came up last night and I introduced her as Optimus Prime, but she wasn't wearing her knee brace. So it's like, it just, it was just stupid. She's like, what the fuck? Like it was supposed to be because of the knee brace. You're yeah. Optimus Prime. That's funny. <laughs> I like that. What would you have gotten it? Like, had you known the knee brace wasn't there? I don't know. There's another guy there. The new Sam guy. Yep. Seen him yet? I was yep. going to call him a fat Gabriel or not fat. It's not very nice. No, Harry Gabriel Iglesias. Harry. <laughs> Nice. What the fuck? I don't remember. What Is there anything you want to plug? Yeah, not personally. I'm, I'm kind of in the development stage. I don't really want to hold any big shows for a while. But there is in Duluth. Well, it's too late. This isn't going to come out for a couple weeks, right? Yeah. So the next thing is September 30th. I think is the roast battle. Yeah. So I don't think because the next on Friday there's a pride show or whatever. But yeah, I'll be able to make to that. Got my kids. Yeah, there'll, there'll be shows up in Duluth if you guys are ever interested in watching live comedy in Duluth. We'll, yeah, fuck we'll... it. Caddyshack, 8 o'clock on Tuesdays in West Duluth. That's yep. 21st and Spirit Street. And Dublin's Irish Brew Pub. Yep. And then we got uh, T-Bones on Sundays. You know, Dublin's uh, Doug Stanhope performed there once. Yep. And yeah. I got to smell the microphone the next day. <laughs> Dublin's is always fun. So if you guys are looking for a great time, Thursday nights, Dublin's, 8 o'clock, always a great time. Um, again, the roast battle, September 30th. That's going to be a great time. I will be there. I get a, I get a roast Frankie for sure. Oh, I get and, to judge this motherfucker roasting yeah. Frankie. So hopefully I do well enough to have Joe like me. <laughs> um, but, yeah, otherwise uh, – you guys can always listen to the stupidest podcast. Uh, Joe, thank you again for coming on, by the way. We're going to thank Absolutely. you again after this. But uh, you guys can always catch the stupidest podcast on Facebook, on Twitter, on Instagram. Uh, we just got TikTok not too long ago. You can catch us on YouTube. Um, and miss- Communist. <laughs> Instagram. Yep, I said Instagram. Twitter. Twitter, yep. Uh, Snapchat. Snapchat. I did not say that one. 
Or you can always check us out at www.thestupidestpodcast.com. Um, we are going to be doing uh, hopefully some upgrades here coming come the new year. Um, we want to do some uh, some changes on the the website. Revamping. So. Yep. But well, okay, Joe, thank great episode. Yeah, Joe, thank you very much for coming on. I'm I'm glad that you were able to to make it here. Sorry about uh, that that first episode that yeah that audio didn't quite make it but hopefully uh we're good on this audio we'll we'll find out right after this but uh yeah. we did a test so we we should be good all right um but good. yeah thanks again joe i appreciate your time and I, I i had a lot of fun i hope you had fun did you have fun yes nice cockadoodle do bitch <laughs> that, that's how we need to end each episode cockadoodle do bitch um but yeah, no, thanks again, Joe. Um, yeah, I hope you guys had fun. I know I did. Bandy, did you have fun? Absolutely. Well, that's good. Yeah. It was a good time. Well, sweet. Well, uh, thanks again, guys, and uh, have a good one. A good one.